0: It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
1: What are
0: you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one more. There is, there's, That's it. One more. Get around. No! They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for Where's the oxygen? Play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loudmouth. Yay! Man. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy speedy You're not even a has-been. You're a never-was.
2: You're a never-was. January 4th. 2024! It is a new show of the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedster, Speedy, Petey. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me, and the great Speedy Petey. All you have to do to tune into our shows throughout the week is go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com.
3: Speeder, what's up, man? Well, I thank you for this nice new hat. The fishing it is hat beautiful, it is beautiful is on board. And no... I don't know about fishing hat.
2: It's more like a that, that was your turn for That was your turn it. does look like a fisher hat on you. I mean, yeah. With that beard, you look like you're you're fishing, you know, fishing for something. And no islanders
3: fan doing. is that that does not mean I'm converting to be an islander fan. <laughs>
2: well, I hold on one second. I never said that you were going to be a fisher I didn't man. say you. I do not want I you d- to become an islander. I
3: didn't fan. say you. I, I, I just said anyone that is a Islanders fan listening that is gonna make that assumption, not gonna happen. Well, well
2: hold on. Hold on one second. Are are you making fun of the Islanders? No. How I'm just it?
3: saying I'm not becoming an
2: Islander fan. Why not? I, why can't you just root on the Islanders? If the Rangers don't make it, no, you should be rooting I'm for the
3: Islanders. No, I'm not I'm not like that. How about
2: mom? Do you think she would No, root she wouldn't. The why not? No, she would. Why? How about <laughs> my if, mom grew up here and was a Ranger fan. Of course she's. How, not how going about if so? we, if the Islanders smacked her in the ass with a hockey stick? Oh god, that would make it even worse. I am just saying if they smacked her There's in no the, Yeah,
3: there's no there's no team like a, my mom would root for that sexually assaulted her. All right,
2: well, hold on. They didn't sexually assaulted her. They just smacked her in the ass with the stick. Yeah. exactly. Sexually assaulting yes. her? What what is sexually assaulting to you? Is, is smacking her with a stick? Yes, with a stick? I, well, I, I... I mean, what kind of stick? Doesn't matter. I mean, the stick. It could, doesn't matter. The stick could be long. It doesn't matter.
3: It could hit her in it different ways. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. How about if it taps? It her? doesn't matter.
2: You know, taps her legs. It doesn't rolls matter. Rolls down her
3: legs. It doesn't. So that is not going to make her root for the Islanders.
2: Well, I mean, it's a, well, what? How how big is the stick that she likes? It doesn't matter. Does she like it long? It doesn't fat, matter. Thick, it doesn't matter. It does It doesn't like? matter. It does. It matters. 31 Oh, wait, it is the number to call. I love Speedy. (laughs) I love getting under his skin. At 8.30, we'll be talking to 12-year NFL wide receiver, Brandon Lloyd. He's been on our show before. Fantastic personality. Uh, So many tremendous great tremendously great stories. So we're going to have Brandon Lloyd on the show again. Uh, If you don't remember him, shame on you, because at one point he was one of the better wide receivers in the league for three years. So Brandon Lloyd will be joining us. At 9 o'clock, we'll be talking to Washington Nationals relief pitcher, Amos Willing Ham. So, Amos will be on the first time on our show. The sports loudmouth. He played for the Nationals
3: last year. Did Charlie Slows help us get him? No, he did not. But uh, he did pitch in 18 games last year for the Nationals in relief. Mm, very, very interesting. Wander
2: Franco. Ooh, ooh, ooh. He's back in the tabloids again. Officially arrested. Now being accused of other charges. I wonder what it is. Talk. I can't wait to hear these stories, man. I, I mean, how do you become a $180 million man? You're the first player. On the Tampa Bay Rays to get a contract that long and that big. A, yeah, and we've seen only one other player from the Rays get a contract similar to that. And he's a third baseman. And you know who I'm talking about, me. Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria, who's no longer on the team, by the way. But uh, uh, very interesting story. We'll get into it. The Yankees interested in Blake Snell. I've been saying this that the Yankees were going to go after a big name if they fall. For Well, they fall out of the Yamamoto uh, conversation. Yamamoto goes to the Dodgers, and now we're hearing Blake Snell. I still believe that they could be interested in in a very good pitcher in Corbin Burns. Uh, There are stories coming out that the Yankees would be the lead team to get him uh, if he becomes available. Um, The Yankees, uh, again, are interested in Blake Snell. Say they want to make one more impactful addition to their pitching staff. So, it could be him. It could be Corbin Burns. We'll see. Saquon Barkley says he wants to be a giant for life, but won't play on another franchise tag. What does that say? What does that spell? I don't know. The Nets were fined $100,000 for violations with load management. Interesting story. Draymond Green, cleared to return to the Warriors facility. Could return to game action very, very soon. I don't understand this. I mean, honestly, shame on you, Adam Silver. Shame on you.
3: Oh, it's terrible. Let's parlay. Who do we have on tonight? So we definitely have Hector and Derek. We might have Wes.
2: Worldwide Wes. Everybody's been waiting for Wes to come back. Hopefully, you know, we don't get any more drunk. I'm just shooting, uh, you know, shooting a curveball, Mr. Reno Johnny. Everybody loved uh, your your interesting... uh, you know, interesting picks last week. By the way, he I was, was
3: brutally unlucky in like <laughs> last week. The the Bengals missed covering by half a point, and the Colts missed covering by half a point. Those were two of his picks. So Hector Derrick and Maybe Wes, and week
2: 18, final week of the season, NFL picks. Oh, I can't wait. Saquon Barkley said during his press conference on Wednesday that he wants to be a giant for life. He is eligible to be. Franchise tagged again for $12.1 million. But Saquon said that he would not want a second franchise tag, saying that, obviously, I don't think any player wants to get franchise tagged. The Giants were willing to give Saquon a $12 million per year last year contract, but that price will now go up. Saquon played 13 games so far this season and had 916 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, 39 catches for 229 yards, and four receiving touchdowns. Saquon was one of many disgruntled running backs this past offseason, including Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler. Taylor was the only one That received a big contract, signing a three-year, $42 million contract. The Giants are projected to have around $37 million in cap space when the offseason begins. Saquon is 26 years old and will be entering his seventh season in the NFL. I've been saying this for months. I've been saying this for the last past year. How are you, the New York Giants organization? And I don't care that you can find running backs in the draft. You went out a few years ago, actually, six and a half years ago. And you drafted Saquon Barkley at number 2 because you believe he was a game-changer. You believe he was a franchise player. As you saw the New York Jets draft Sam Darnold, you saw the Browns draft Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. You believed that Saquon was the piece that was going to take the New York Giants organization to the promised land. Penn State running back who was fantastic in the NCAA. And then you look at Saquon Barkley, and you look at the position that he has been in the last, I would say, year and a half by this organization, as he has been one of the elite running backs in the last two years. And yes, he's injury prone. Half of the running backs are. But he is injury prone. But when he is on the field, there are not many running backs that are good and as dominant as he is. He puts up numbers galore for this team and this organization. He helps out the wide receivers because they suck, okay, because they can't catch the ball, and I'm going to speak on that as far as Joe Shane is concerned, because bringing in Hyatt and bringing in all these other guys and Darren Waller who can't stay healthy didn't make any sense in the offseason. As you're giving Darren Waller the same amount of money as Saquon Barkley, and this guy played how many games this year as a starter? Seven? Six? And Saquon Barkley played in, I don't know, 13 games and has been as efficient or more efficient than Darren Waller ever has been for this New York Giant team? You sit here, and I'm telling you, this organization has been a joke. The Maras, the Tishes, they were so respected around the league. They're one of the best ownerships in all of football. When you speak about Pittsburgh and the Roonies and you speak about the Mara family and you speak about all the great organizations, Green Bay, who, by the way, doesn't even have an owner, the fans own them. These organizations have fallen apart. The Pittsburgh Steelers. When was the last time they won a Super Bowl? You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and yes, Mike Tomlin is a successful head coach, never lost, never had a losing season. I think it's 14 now winning seasons. Good for Tomlin. How many Super Bowls has Tomlin won? He's won 1. 1 Super Bowl in 14 years. And I know Super Bowls aren't easy to win. We all know that. Because nobody is Bill Belichick. Nobody is Tom Brady. It doesn't happen overnight. And building dynasties don't usually happen in the NFL. But when you look at the New York Giants. And Eli Manning retires. And you bring in Daniel Jones. And you draft him so early. And you look at what they've given Daniel Jones in the last four seasons of weapons. And Saquon Barkley, at some point, was missing a significant amount of time because of big injuries. How do you expect to win? How do you expect to win when you are not paying your best offensive option? No! You know what you're going to do? You're going to bring in a washed-up tight end from the Raiders. Who you're paying 13, almost thirteen million dollars to play seven games? Does that make any sense to you, Joe? Does that any does that make any sense to you, Mister Dable? I can't sit here and understand on trying to correct myself on why. Or what is the reasoning behind the Saquon Barkley story? And yes, I understand we had Aaron shots on, and Aaron said, oh, you can find a running back in the fifth round. You can find a running back in the sixth round. Hey, you can find undrafted guys. Ask Arian Foster. The same Arian Foster that came out and said that the NFL is scripted. Are we going to sit here and believe that the Giants are going to go into a season next year with no offensive weapons? Are we going to believe that the Giants are going to go into the season without Saquon Barkley? Go look at Daniel Jones. Go look at the New York Giants' record without Saquon Barkley
3: in that lineup. And again, you also look at all those teams that have these – Later round drafted running backs, all those teams, what they have in common is they also have other good skill players. They could take that kind of chance. Or they have an offensive coach that's going to make that kind of thing work, like the Chiefs have with Andy Reid, drafting Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round and making that work. Or they have other wide receivers to make it work. The Giants don't have that whatsoever. Darren Waller, the trade for him, if Darren Waller stayed healthy, looked like a good value, only trading him for the compensation pick they got for Tony. But he hasn't stayed healthy, he's played six games, he's played fine in the games when he's healthy, but you still can't trust that kind of thing when you don't have another game-changing player on the field. Jalen Hyatt is a good stretch-the-field deep threat, but he hasn't much, not much else developed in the NFL. He's not a great route runner, he's had drop problems. Wandale Robinson is mainly a gadget player, and you drafted him in the second round when they could have gotten good value in another position. So they have to be able to get either in quantity good players to compensate for that kind of thing or in quality, which the biggest quality they have has been Saquon Barkley. So now the Giants are stuck where they don't want him to fr- be franchised, because he's obviously going to get disgruntled again. He's already going to be losing trade value because he got hurt again this year. He missed only four games, luckily, but still, that doesn't help for his cause of being a older running back. It, and he's 26 years old, he's not super old, but like you're saying, six years in the league, and already's had two major injuries, so that's going to hurt trade value in itself. So, the Giants getting too cute with him again, it looks like it's going to cost them, and now you're going to have to play another game with him, where either you're going to have to pay him more than he's probably going to get on the open market to keep him happy, or you're going to have to trade him and get nothing back.
2: I know what the Giants should do. As we know, Odell Beckham is 31 and a half years old. You bring him back to the New York Giants in the offseason, as they were looking at him for the last two seasons to bring him back. For what reason? I don't know. Because he's a shell of himself. I know what they do. I know what they need to do. They need to find one of their youngsters to date one of those Kardashians. As we know, Odell's dating one of them right now. It doesn't make any sense. Why? I don't understand this organization as a whole for the New York Giants. There are Quite a few good players that are going to be there in the open market, wide receivers that the Giants could add. Even Chris Jones, they might even have the money to add a defensive lineman like that. I don't know if they need that. Yeah. If Wink Martindale does come back next year, he doesn't. You could be put in a situation where your defense could be lackadaisical going into the season next year. So they need to figure out how to make Dable and Wink Martindale exist. When you look at this team right now as a whole... And it's not Daniel Jones. I'm so sick and tired of listening to Giant fans say, oh, Daniel Jones stinks, and that's why the Giants are not good offensively. That is so ridiculous, it's absurd. The New York Giants last year and Daniel Jones, there were people on WFAN and ESPN saying Daniel Jones had just as good in numbers as Aaron Rodgers. Yes, you heard it from me, Aaron Rodgers. Now all of a sudden, he couldn't stay healthy, he tears his ACL, and you know what? Season's over for him, and maybe his
3: Giants career's over for him because the Giants think he's garbage. Mm-hmm. And again, any quarterback is going to have a lot of issues with the circumstances that the Giants presented with themselves. They have a very bad offensive line. They arguably have the worst receiving core in the NFL. And not many quarterbacks in general are going to succeed with that kind of thing, unless you're a traditional running type. Maybe, maybe somebody like Lamar Jackson in the right running scheme or something like that. But Besides that, there's not even prospect quarterbacks, not many of them that would have succeeded with the Giants' current circumstances right now, and I know Snug is saying, oh, Belichick wins Super Bowls with six-round guys, because Belichick had Gronk, who was the most feared guy on the field. Who is that guy for the Giants besides Saquon Barkley? Gronk... Presented so many safeties to play deep So many linebackers to have to double-team So him. many mismatches Right, so LeGarrette Blunt could strive So James White could strive So these other running backs could strive They could get away with that kind of thing The Giants don't have that guy The Giants were facing a lot of seven-man boxes Because Saquon Barkley was the most feared guy Same problem, problem the Titans have had with Derrick Henry recently too Derrick Henry's had some dominant performances But it has not been as consistent Because they don't have a wide receiver or a tight end That presents another threat to that team So once the offensive line for Tennessee got to. Where it was one of the best in the league and now it's one of the worst. All of a sudden the Titans offense is lackluster as well just like the Giants. So they can't have that kind of thing unless you have another guy to g- garner attention away from that defense. And that's what makes this, this, this the way the Giants have handled this process of Saquon Barkley so bad on Joe Shane's part.
2: Oh, it's it's been all because of Joe Shane. And that has a lot to do with ownership. They decided to move forward with Joe Shane and obviously Dable. I think Dable is a great coach, sensational mm-hmm. coach. It just hasn't worked for him this year. Maybe because of injuries. Maybe because Joe Shane didn't give him enough weapons. But... All in all, you cannot tell me you're going to give Daniel Jones a $40 million contract and say, oh, you know what? It's because Saquon Barkley's a running back and because I look at running backs as replaceable, I'm going to part ways with Saquon Barkley, even though he's 90% of our offense, as this offense has been one of the worst offenses in the league in the last, I don't know, three years. That's a big problem. That is a huge problem. And when you're in the conferences as poor as it is, and it is, this is a weak conference, the only three teams that are... Any good every single year are the Cowboys, the Eagles, and San Francisco. Everybody is, is maybe, not really. Maybe, not really. We should have a segment, maybe and not really. Because
3: that's what the NFL is all about. And again, you also look at what scenario would have happened if you didn't give Daniel Jones that money, too. So, let's say Daniel Jones did walk last year. Like, what, what other quarterback option would have been out there that would have done well in this? And ask ex- the Jets. Maybe Zach Wilson. I don't know. Zach Wilson would Wilson would maybe throw him more defensive touchdowns on the We Giants should send Zach line. to the circus or something like that. At least the Jets have competent, somewhat competent Maybe wide he receivers. should be doing
2: some Rockette kicks, kicks yeah, maybe, like you. Maybe, you know?
3: maybe he should. I I don't know. But even He so, should be a rocket. I mean, he likes uh, older women, right? Yeah, maybe he
2: likes hanging out with his mom's best friends. Yeah,
3: it's definitely possible he could. Fall. He good. could fall good for him. one of those. But good for him. Good for both of us. Think about all the realistic scenarios the Giants would have been able to do if they decided to let Daniel Jones walk. So maybe you gamble on trading for another veteran. You trade a third or fourth round pick away for another veteran quarterback that isn't as mobile. He's still going to get beaten up on that offensive line. You draft a quarterback at the twenty fifth pick overall. Like, what quarterback talent are you going to get that's going to be a game changer in that particular pick with that? current system. Or you trade a bunch of draft picks up to get Stroud or Young, one of those guys. Young struggling as it is with Carolina, who also has bad skill players like the Giants do, and a not great offensive line, better than the Giants, but still not great. He's struggling. And none of those quarterbacks would have been able to strive in this system. So even though I don't I'm not optimistic with Daniel Jones how he'll come back from his injury, you still can't blame it all on him. The process of Saquon Barkley is this. The Giants had a chance last year to either get rid of him and trade him for good value and get maybe a wide receiver, or get a second round pick to get a wide receiver, or sign a wide receiver. They didn't do that. Now you're stuck with that kind of thing where you're disgruntling him again. You're not going to get as much trade value as you could have gotten even at the trade deadline, and now you're going to either have to overpay him, maybe get $15 million a year or something like that for him, $16 million to keep him happy, just to give an offensive threat on the field, or you're going to have to sell him for maybe a day three pick at best at this point. 631 3108
2: is the number to call, as everybody or anybody out there that wants to call the show, we know Jeff likes to do that. It's- no, and everybody else, uh, I know you're afraid to call the show. Don't be afraid. We're not going to attack you. Speedy might show you things that no, you wouldn't even imagine no, I won't. To seeing. No, I, I mean, won't. Speedy, knows no, I won't.
3: All about the Amazon rainforest because he has a piece of it inside of him, right? If I was, if that was the case, I'd be dead. Well, what are you talking about? How you know, many poisonous things are in there?
2: Well, there's a lot of poisonous things over there between your legs, and
3: I'd be dead. Uh, so you're the, you're dead because of what? Because I would be. What, what are you talking about? If I got bit. Or stung, or anything. You're afraid, afraid of poisonous. spiders.
2: You're afraid of snakes. What else? So you why afraid? would I want them in my pants? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. You got to shave that thing,
3: then. I mean, it's hiding in those Amazon. That is know? not a. Uh, that would be a. Problem. In that I'm, Amazon of yours. That would be the problem of the person planting it there, not me. Oh, so so somebody planted that in
2: your yeah, pants. Yeah, it's not going to grow naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Woj reports that Draymond Green will return to the team activities soon, despite having no firm timetable for a return. Adam Silver says that he believes Green has a satisf- has satisfied the league requirements for a potential return soon. League officials confirm Green has participated in multiple counseling sessions and virtual meetings with them since getting suspended December 13th. Uh, many people Green is close with, including team trainer Rick Celebrini, general manager Mike Dunleavy, and agent Rich Paul, have also been present at all the meetings. Steve Kerr is stuck by the NBA's decision to give him therapy and counseling, saying this is not just about an outburst on the court. It's about his life. It's about someone who I believe in, someone I have known for decades, who I love for his loyalty. Um, obviously, a lot of loyalty. The Warriors are 6-4 and four since Draymond was suspended and are now 16 uh, 16 for 16 and 17 overall, still 11th in the Western Conference. Draymond Green should not be coming back this year. Draymond Green almost chucked, uh, almost chucked, almost choked out Rudy Gobert. Could have killed Rudy if he decided to sink that, I guess rear naked chokehold called on him. This is not wrestling. This is not MMA. And this is definitely not boxing. As we know why he was suspended for a significant amount of time throwing a punch. This is basketball. This isn't the 1990s and the 1980s where the bad boys of the Pistons Detroit and the Chicago Bulls and the Celtics. And all the teams that couldn't stand each other. Draymond Green is an NBA player that has really got away with everything over the last couple of years. And honestly, if you're an NBA owner, or you're an NBA executive, and I don't want to hear about Mike Dunleavy. As a head coach in the league, what what did Mike Dunleavy do? And, and, and honestly, Rich Paul, is that the same guy that is best friends with LeBron James? Is that the same guy, or LeBron James, the same guy that his client stepped on his private areas during the playoffs? Is that the same Rich Paul? I don't know. Maybe it's the same Rich Paul dating one of the best singers in the country. I don't know. This is the problem with the NBA social media has taken over the sport as a whole is not even watchable until the playoffs and even then you know what's going to happen you know who's good you know who's bad there's not going to be any surprises it wasn't and it is not like the the nba in the 90s where there were like multiple teams that can win a championship now
3: it's really down to 3 teams Maybe four at best. If Miami trades for a star, yeah, maybe. But otherwise, it's like the Nuggets, the Bucks, or the Celtics. Take your back. <laughs> I mean, at, to- at times
2: when you watch Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was on another level. He was. Michael Jordan was on a le- another level. But you can't sit here and tell me that when you look at Draymond Green, he's that good of a player. He's that important of a player for the NBA to say, you know what, let's just throw it away. Let's just get him back on the court. He's a superstar. He's what everybody wants to see on a basketball court week by week. Because honestly, I can't sit here and tell you I want to watch him play. The guy is not a great shooter. The guy is a scrappy player, and he can't even do that right anymore. And now, instead of being a scrappy player, he's a scrapper. He goes out there and tries to knock you out, kick your ass, and tell you to go F yourself. He doesn't care about what he is doing on and off the court as long as he's getting paid and as long as his team is being talked about in the tabloids for ESPN, CBS,
3: NBC, blah, 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 blah. And that principle shouldn't even matter from what level you are to anybody that has this many violations against what Draymond Green has been for the last eight years, keep in mind, should be suspended a lot longer than this. I was even saying 20 games on the first one at the time uh, with the Gobert one. At least 20 games, maybe more. And now you're you're doing it again to Nurkic, and you're not going to double that? You're going to basically say, all right, they've only uh, they've played 11 games after tonight because they played tonight as well. That That's the... Basis of we're going to bring him back after maybe only a few more games. That's like 13 to 17 games you're going to suspend him for doing two dirty things to two big guys on the basketball court. How is that learning your lesson? Okay, you're doing counseling. You're doing therapy. Fine. I I could believe he's making some progress in that. Not a month. A month is not enough. What progress is he giving? We don't know. Getting. When it comes
2: to, what, a month of time— it, it, yeah. it took Ron Artest almost two years to figure out who he was as he changed his name to Metaworld Peace. Look what they did. Look what the NBA, look what David Stearns did to him. He had to miss almost 80 games before he even had a chance to even come back to the NBA or even reinstate himself in the NBA. When you look at right now, Draymond Green... It's probably even worse than what Ron Artest has done. And Ron Artest, the NBA practically threw away until Kobe Bryant and the Lakers decided to reach out and try to bring him to the team to help him win a championship. It is embarrassing. And Draymond Green is not the player that you would want your your family, your friends, or even your son go and watch play. He's not Steph Curry. I'm not a big Steph Curry fan anyways. But at least Steph Curry goes out there and does it the right way. Except when he throws his mouthpiece. When I, when I see Draymond Green... When when He looks at or somebody looks at him wrong, he's looking to rip their head off, he's looking to grab their crotch, he's looking to stick his foot up their ass.
3: Yep, and again, Ron Ortest, in terms of the quantity, did not have that kind of many altercations that Draymond has had with other players. He's been ejected 18 times too. So, the reputation as a whole, especially in today's NBA, that cannot be taken lightly. You like that word, the hole, right? As a whole. you
2: like a hole, right? No, no, you don't like holes. I don't care. You, you ever play golf? Yeah, and I'm not very good at it, so. Well, you're not uh, very good at holes, right? No, I'm not. Are you at good that... at finding holes?
3: No. You're not good at finding holes? No. Why not? I'm better looking at things up and, like, medium heights. So you'd rather am up? I'm not as good... Than... No, no, down. You don't looking. You
2: don't like looking down. Not as much. Okay. I
3: mean, no, no, I, I don't mind looking down. Like if it's a good view of a building and stuff like that, but not like I'm not going to look down on the ground and be you able look to for find a hole. Holes. You yeah. don't want to
2: find the hole. The, the yeah, I, I'm holes, not going to be able know?
3: to do that right. No, away. I don't. I
2: don't think you could find them right. It's, no, probably too not. small, right? Too yeah, small. Too not. dark. Too dark. No, that would make it easier. Oh, so it's easier when it's dark? Yeah. So It'd stand you think- out
3: more if it was a darker color.
2: Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you think that if the hole's a little darker,
3: you could find it? In comparison to a an in between color, yeah. So you like it between? Is that what you're no, saying? No, it's nothing to do with liking. I'm just asking. It's you nothing you like- to do with liking. You just said it's, you it's like nothing holes. to do with
2: liking. You just told me you like to find. I old. didn't say like. I just. So what? So what do you like
3: about holes? I don't know. No, well, I figured. You Snug also says uh, missing eleven games is quite a bit of money, but again, Snug, <laughs> that doesn't matter because. We've seen some, uh, throughout anything like millionaires, billionaires sometimes be unstable people and still have issues with that in itself to where they end up having go, having to go to the hospital, having um, killing themselves, whatever. Yeah. Like that's Draymond Green has had ten different occasions at least of. Issues of anger management, issues of inappropriate behavior on the court. So the money is not should, should not matter and will not matter to what the NBA should have as a principal for this kind of thing. And bringing him back after 13 games, allegedly, or even maybe a little more, for all these violations does not make any sense. He should get at least two more months of the therapy. If it's still progressing then, okay. You could reevaluate it then. Not one month. We should hook him up with your therapist. I don't have a therapist. You have me. No, I don't.
2: I'm not your therapist? You're not a therapist. I am a therapist. You're not a therapist. I'm on this show. I speak sports with you, right? That's not a therapist. That's therapy. That's therapy in sports. Could I help you? That's not what therapy in sports is. So so why can't I help you? That's not what therapy sports is. How do you know? Is. Have you been to a therapist in sports?
3: That's not what it is. But how do you know? That's yeah, not do- what it is. But have
2: you ever done that That's completely different. It's not. It's here. I'm talking about it right now as we speak. No, you're not. So I'm not a therapist. No. I am not a therapist in sports. No. Then what the hell do you call me? An analyst in sports. Well, I, I'm a therapist and an analyst in sports. I help you out in your therapy, right? No. Uh, no. Why are you wearing a mousse? It's my, my sweatshirt I got in Maine. Okay, the Brooklyn Nets have been fined $100,000 for violating the NBA's player participation policy. The first violation of this came in the Nets' loss against the Bucks last Wednesday, when the Nets sat four key players in Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Johnson, and Nick Claxton. Jock Vaughn also did not play Mikkel Bridges, Royce O'Neal, or Cam Thomas, after the first quarter in that game. Joe Dumars and the NBA did an investigation with an independent physician and said all four players that sat could have played under the new medical standard in the NBA's player participation policy. Dumars came out earlier this season with comments about how load management doesn't guarantee how players perform, or stay healthy throughout the season. Other reports say that these decisions to sit players could also be connected with sports betting and sports books. The, the Nets have lost every game since this incident and are 15-20 and 20 overall on the season. So, Dumars is pretty much saying that, I don't know, the Nets have something to do with sports books? I don't think it has anything to do with it. Now, they should be fined because LeBron James has been the king of this over (laughs) the years, And, and it's so funny because the NBA goes after the Nets. They go after other teams. Why don't they go after, I don't know, the L.A. Lakers? Because Anthony Davis has been doing it for the last couple of years. So is LeBron James. Why isn't the top players in the league getting punished for that? Why is that? Is it because, I don't know, the... Lakers are the kings of the NBA because of Shaquille O'Neal and Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kobe Bryant? Is it that the reason? Or maybe LeBron James, because LeBron James is the king, as he comes out and says all the time, that he's the greatest basketball player to ever live. No. You know what they're going to go after? The lonely Brooklyn Nets. That's what they're going to do. Why not? Let's go after the lonely and little Jacques Vaughn. He was a terrible basketball player. Uh, He's been a decent coach. He wasn't very successful in Orlando, as we all know. As he gets fired, he gets this job pretty much on a whim because, I don't know, somebody wanted somebody fired. (laughs) That's why he has a job. I don't know. Because the Brooklyn Nets stink. And, of course, the NBA goes after a team that's not any good. They're not. They're not a good team. They're not supposed to make the playoffs this year in the Eastern Conference. They're not good. they got a couple of good players. It looks like they have found a player in Camp Thomas. He looks like he's a nice player. We all know what Mikael Bridges has turned out to be. Nobody's heard of Ben Simmons. Maybe he's lost (laughs) in a toilet over there in Brooklyn. I think he's the highest scorer on the team. (laughs) Maybe he's hanging out with one of the Kardashians again. Who knows? Wouldn't rule it out. This organization is being attacked by Joe Dumars because, you know what, it's an organization that doesn't mean anything to the NBA. They're not the Knicks. Would you see Joe Dumars doing this to the New York Knicks if they decided to sit out Jalen Brunson or any of those players, Julius Randle? No, not at all. You know why? Because the New York Knicks are a moneymaker. The Knicks bring in money. Throughout the league, as they sell out every single game, no matter win, lose, or draw, they stink. They still sell out. You know why? Because Taylor Swift's a Knicks fan. (laughs) That's why all the Swifties want to see Taylor, not the Knicks. They want to see her out cheering for the New York Knicks, wearing her New York Knicks jersey, wearing her nice short dresses. Maybe that's why. (laughs) Honestly, I object the NBA. I object Joe Dumars for doing it to an organization and a team that means nothing. If you want to make a statement, go after the Golden State Warriors and Steve Kerr over the years. Go after LeBron James or LeBreakers. I call that LeBreakers. Mm -hmm. Why don't we do that? Because... Honestly, the NBA loves to do this. David Stern, when he was there and he was alive and he was a part of the NBA and running the organization, do you remember the Lakers made a trade for Chris Paul? And David Stern made sure that he vetoed it. He made sure that Chris Paul would not be traded to the Lakers. Why? Because if Chris Paul went to the Lakers and played with Kobe Bryant— They would have won multiple championships and this would be another avenue for the Lakers to win and cheat the NBA. And David Stern was all about the NBA and making sure that this was building internationally and worldwide. Ever since Adam Silver took over for the league. Ever since he has. He's let the league get tortured by the players. He has let The league get run by the players. And he sits there and he says, you know what? If it wasn't for the players, we wouldn't have a league. I would say that about every single league. The NFL, the NHL, every single one of them. Why isn't all the other leagues or all the other owners allowing the players to take over the league? I don't know, because
3: Adam Silver is a baby. Mm -hmm. And the players, when you look at the individual load management concept have definitely rested a lot more in recent years, too, because of the strategy. Now, we haven't seen it to this level where it came to seven players in one game. It's ridiculous. With the exception of one at the end of the season last year, the Dallas Mavericks. And the Dallas Mavericks did not get disciplined the no. same way that the Brooklyn Nets have. Why? Because they have Luka Doncic, they have Kyrie Irving, so they're going to get... Superstars. Revenue. They have Mark Cuban as their owner. Like Nobody knows who the Nets owner is since they have the Russian guys. <laughs> and Jay-Z was in the organization, whatever. Like The Nets are not because of the second fiddle of the Knicks they're not going to be thought of as that same way and if you're going to rep if you're going to put that down as we want you to be able to I'm not saying completely say don't rest players, because I, I think load management has its part. Everybody's doing it! Right. I think load management has its part in some way, but we've also seen teams do that to extreme measures, too, and not get the same level of punishment that we've seen the Nets are doing. Now, if the Nets are doing it on a consistent basis in a larger sample, okay, fine. Maybe then you could start to investigate them for tanking or investigate them for, I don't know, whatever sports betting connection might have with ownership, whatever. But What a, what a insult when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets.
2: You're going to say, because it had something to do with sports betting and sports books, you're going to say that? That's what Joe Dumars is going to come out with and say, you know what? We're going to do that. We're going to find the Brooklyn Nets and and say that they violated the NBA player participation policy because they're not playing their players. First of all, who did they play? Who did they sit out? Who did they play against in that game? Did it make a difference if they started any of those players? I guess maybe for covering the spread, but besides that, I don't know. They had nothing to do with the spread. The Nets right now are a horrible organization, They're not winning anything. This has nothing to do with this spread. And for Joe Dumars to think that that's true, why don't you look at the NBA as a whole? Why don't you, if you have so much say on what's going on in the NBA, why don't you uh, investigate Adam Silver?
3: Yeah, well, why don't you investigate some of these other teams that have been doing it in bulk the last two years, too? Because well, we were talking about it with Wes in one of our betting segments, too. The Celtics do it all the time. We haven't seen the Celtics get penalized nope. or anything like that. We haven't seen uh, the Clippers when they got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. They've done it a lot, and they haven't gotten that same level of punishment, too. So I just think there's a double standard in this league that has to go away. Now, again teams doing it to extreme measures to quote-unquote tank is one thing, but also doing it this early in the season is bizarre too for a team that has a lot of young players in the Brooklyn Nets. Now, again, if there's something else within this investigation that we don't know about yet, maybe there is something that they're onto, fine. You can keep investigating. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but at least attack these other teams in the same way. Investigate the other teams, the big-name teams with the
2: big players, the kings of the NBA making billions and billions of dollars. Instead of going after a young team that really means nothing to the NBA, it has nothing to do with the spread. it really doesn't. Now, it does it hurt the spread? Does it help the spread out for, you know, obviously a betting man to bet against the, the Brooklyn Nets? Absolutely. If they're not playing their their players, they're obviously going to lose, and they're going to be under the spread. Right. That's what they're going to do. And the
3: only way that would be implicated, too, is I think if Jock Vaughn had, like, somebody on the yeah, outside. telling them yeah. that they weren't
2: going to play any of
3: them. Yeah, Jock Vaughn has a friend or has somebody that he's close with saying, um, I'm going to take the Bucks tonight against you. Let's uh, sit the rest of these players that are allegedly going to play at the start of the game after the first quarter. Okay, I can understand that kind of thing, but there's nothing specifically revealed in that kind of thing either. So that's why I think the sports betting angle maybe is a little lazy right now But just because the Nets are in Brooklyn, outside of New Jersey, near Atlantic City. That's what I think it is. It's right now lazy unless there's other verifiable They're trying to drop the hammer on somebody to prove a point and
2: make sure that other teams aren't going to do it anymore. But why do it to a lonely team like the Nets that— honestly have nothing to stand for this year. They're not standing for a championship. They're not even going to make the playoffs or even a playing game. They're not a good team. They have a couple of good players, and they have nothing to build around. Why would Donovan Mitchell want to go and play there (laughs) when everybody thinks that that's where uh, he might go? He is not going to want to be traded there. So for all those people, all those writers that think that Donovan Mitchell all of a sudden is going to say, I want to go play with the 15 and 20 Brooklyn Nets when I could go play for the Knicks right now or the Miami Heat, shame
3: on you because that's not going to happen. Yeah, and you also look at the principle that the Nets have done it. Like, yeah, it may look a little suspicious saying, all right, we're going to bench our players after the first quarter. And again, if you're going to do that, make sure you're investigating this for the rest of the league too. Because yeah, the methodology was not smart with what the Mavericks did last year either. Resting four key players against the Miami Heat. I think the same kind of thing. They benched Luka Doncic after the second quarter in a spot where the, the Mavericks could have made the playoffs. And Miami did the same thing too. Miami did it at the end of the season to preserve their players. And they said, all right, we're going to position be the playing game and that kind of messed things up now they made the final so they made it work but still the process still has to be the same way for every team what the Mavericks did last year screwed the Knicks on a play Uh,
2: screwed the Knicks on a a draft pick right because if the Mavericks actually played to win that game, mm-hmm. the Knicks get their draft pick. But because the Mavericks decided to lose and sit out players, the Knicks didn't get their draft pick. They didn't have one draft pick last year. And they're still sitting on their pie holes waiting to get one of those picks. Which, by the way, are all protected by the teams that they traded with.
3: Two more are protected this year. And one of them is the Pistons. So they're probably not getting that pick No, <laughs> they're definitely not
2: getting that pick. But anyways, who do we have on the
3: phone? We got Snug. Snug, what's up? Snuggy. Snuggy
2: Wuggy was a bear. Snuggy Wuggy has a lot. Of hair what's up man
4: oh my goodness so you're not really up on the gambling scene are you
2: well i because am not, it no. has
4: everything to do with gambling that's why because as a gambler i love nothing more than them telling me that they're going to take key players and bench them after the first quarter so all the lines that are in play for the props it has nothing to do with the over and the under it has nothing to do with who wins the game but just arbitrarily we will say Luka Doncic has set the score, 28 points, right, and over-under. So if I know that Luka Doncic is going to sit out after the first quarter, what's he going to have? If he has a killer quarter, he has, what, 15? But right? you United didn't people. know that,
2: Snug. They didn't, didn't go out there and
4: say that. It. And they had been doing it as a steady thing. It was actually a whole article in ESPN talking about this. Yeah, but
2: they didn't go out the there. Did you hear Jock first? Vaughn say he's sitting out all those players after the first quarter? They never said that. No, and that also would screw over the anyone that had well, the over the past, for the player. They prop. they have made it. Okay, like, in the past, it, but they didn't it, know that they were going to do that in that particular game
3: so or if, method.
2: Gamblers are assuming the trend. That's why the, the NBA has been
4: after this anyway. To get get rid of this, well, right this now there's a not a trend. Point.
3: It's right now one game that's
2: being investigated right. that we know. All right, They're, the NBA is trying to get rid of it, but why are they going after the Nets? They should have been going after the Lakers it's super San Antonio, isn't
4: it? No, super convenient. Going doesn't out. matter. They're not going to have any playoff implications or not serious ones, right? Yeah. So what? What better team to make an example of? And it's clear and obvious that it does present gambling advantages to better. Probably, no question
2: that, that it would. But so, that's not why they were doing it, okay? Maybe they just don't care about the season. They want to lose out the season and try to get the top pick that they can possibly get and win in the lottery. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Who knows what the Nets are trying to do? do
4: it? Maybe the owner doesn't like the way they look. Maybe the owner, maybe they eat too many hot dogs before the game. I mean, who cares uh, that's probably true. It? The fact is that the NBA Mark doesn't Sanchez want did. them to do it. And they, wanted, they think there's some sort of competitive advantage, whether it's having fresh players. Maybe they want to trade players later in the year and say so they have less time on their legs. I don't know. I mean, you could make up a million reasons why. But who cares? The NBA doesn't want them to do it. And the gambling angle is a wonderful way for the NBA to enforce this because the NBA and the NFL and MLB and all these guys are getting deeper and deeper in bed with the gambling, right? As gambling becomes more and more legal and easier and easier to access – they're, they're going to protect those guys as much as they reasonably can. It's not reasonable. If if you have a trend of doing this, you have 12 players in your team and you play, you know, seven of them and you play a couple of your stars for 12 minutes, 10 minutes, eight minutes, whatever. Right. Uh, people are going to pick up on that so quickly. So then what happens is what, if you don't know when they're going to do it as the gambling company, right? You can't set a line on it. So either you get an A opt out of any action, which is, not that's counterintuitive. They're not going to do that, right? Or B, you've got to guess and get hosed on a regular. It's
3: but not, but uh, that uh, method is different. going to hose people on a regular too, though, snug. Because there's no pattern of when a coach is going to take out players after the first I quarter. agree with you, speedy. Right now, because unless the Nets did it five times in a row, I which they didn't, by which the way. they didn't,
4: because it's right yeah, now it's only one game, game from questionable, and then they. They downgrade them like an hour before the game. But you can see those Both injury on, reports. Like, probably, there's a
3: difference.
4: <laughs> yes, I know. But what I'm saying is that that's the kind of trends that gamers pick up on. They spend infinite amounts of time looking for these little tiny things like that. Okay, so and there's the always going to be an exception to every do...
3: rule with anything like that. It's a, it's a risk of throwing your money out there for a player that's questionable. Absolutely. <laughs> and so again, these NBA leagues should, are not protecting the players either. The
4: NBA should just ignore it then?
2: Only if it happens in a larger sample. All right, if they're they're not going to ignore it, go after the teams and the players that have been doing it for years. LeBron James has sat out how many games all season long, year in and year out. I mean, he's played 53 games, an average of 53, 54 games a season, and he's 100% healthy. Uh, We look at, obviously, the Greek freak. Uh, Last year, he played in, what, 62 games. And over the last two seasons, he's cut down the games that he's played. So maybe we should guess at the games that he's not playing in, maybe the worst teams he's played he's not played against because hey, you know what? I have a better chance of sitting and winning without playing in those games than playing against the better teams and not playing and sitting. So I mean I, you could guess that too. Kawhi Leonard's another one oh, yeah. who's been injury prone. He came back uh, for the last two years and he's Played an average of what 60 games, 58 games, <laughs> even so. Maybe we should just pick the games that we think he's not going to play in and, and pick the under in that. I mean, there's a lot of guessing, and there's a lot that's, that's what you're doing. You're trying to find something in when it comes to betting yeah, as so a better, but that's they're not protecting. The, if they were going to protect the it, they should have done, draft done draft it for the, years. Years they're protecting the,
4: the, the so. So, DraftKings has been out for 20 years.
3: No, I'm talking. No, but that's only a They've been around for five this years, this have they not?
4: 15, 20 seasons ago is when this started sort of showing up. Oh, stop. They got more and more. You also have to consider the fact that some of it's the players, right? Because if you're a player and you could cut 20 games off of every season, right? Let's say you play 62. You probably get another season, maybe two seasons worth of salary, right? Your legs have about a little bit more time in them.
3: Right, but no, nobody's bashing the actual concept of load management for a longer term. We're saying that why are seven players out of one game? If you want to load manage players, all right, you could sit out this game. Then this player sits out the next game. Like, you could do it strategically where you're not pulling out the whole team and you're not he making it He pulled the hamstring. He hurt his foot. Yeah. He hurt his toe. He so hurt his ankle. What you're saying he, is he sat on a horse you that know have... what. I, who knows? The Nets are doing it in a way that's not, we're just making it obvious for one thing. And we've also seen other teams do it. So why are the Nets the only ones? Being penalized. Why are the Dallas Mavericks who was actively tanking so the Knicks didn't get their draft Screwed pick, the not Knicks being penalized. They screwed the I know it's the Knicks, but they screwed the Knicks last year because they
2: decided, hey, you know what? We're gonna sit out our plays the last two games of the season. Great, great. That and but the but nobody did that to Dallas. Nobody attacked the Dallas Mavericks for doing that. And nobody that's, find the way the Matt. And, and it Nets screwed are. the Knicks. It screwed the Knicks on a pick last year. So that's not so fair. That's
4: what you're saying is that Brooklyn has taken it to such a degree. Because the NBA was pursuing this last season. You had these conversations last year.
3: Right. And there were other teams doing it this season, too, that didn't get that same kind of punishment. The Celtics have done it a couple times. The Clippers.
4: How many men are on the roster? 12. Okay. You said seven of them. Is that more than half? Yeah. That's probably going to get everybody's attention, right? So maybe somebody finally took it too far, and this is the opportunity that Joe Dumars has said, hey, look at this. It's screwing the gambling community. Right, uh, one way or the other, it's either screwing the customers and it's going to talk tell them not to gamble, or it's screwing the, the companies that are they're taking the bets and they're not going to be. Able how to about that. So screwing? The
2: how about screwing the fans that came and watched them play? They'll come and watch them to play. How about that? Yeah, let's for, let's for not talk about, about that, the gamblers. Right? I do, that's, that's, I do that's because these people. That's no, that no, to no the because others. the NBA makes money off of that. Do they not? They make they and make they, money. Most
4: of their money comes in. TV
2: contracts. All and right, and if, if none and of their good of things, players so. are playing, what happens? What happens?
4: What happens? You know, what, if if I'm watching the Nets game right years. now,
2: and I'm not watching, I don't know, Royce O'Neal, uh, Cam Thomas, know, or, but, and Mikkel Bridges, am I watching that game? No. I don't the, want to watch the, the other game? players. They stink.
4: Is viewing up or down on NBA? I don't know. I honestly
3: don't know that. I couldn't speak to
2: Nationally? It, no, it's TV not. It's up. It's, it's, it's up. Nationally, it's been up for a while.
3: It, it's always going to so improve. it's been up that. for a while, it must be working, right? So why att- – well,
2: hold on one sec. So why attack the Brooklyn Nets? That's what I'm because saying. Because
4: they push the – they pushed it so far. Dallas screwed the thing. Knicks.
2: They screwed the Knicks last year. It was yes, right McElroy in front of Emily their face. You
4: and the Knicks Oh, fans. stop! Nobody stop! Stop! Cares.
2: Stop! That. What so do you mean nobody else cares? That.
5: But don't no you Biden think cares that I'm Knicks not? I'm making a point.
2: How does the NBA allow that to happen? And because yeah, of yeah, a lonely guess, Nets game, and because the sports betters don't like it, they're gonna cry about it. And there's also
4: so going to be sports betters for NBA every game any too. money that the Knicks didn't get this
2: draft pick? Does that cost me any But that money had at all. nothing to. That has nothing to do Again, with it. Again, also well, a small the league off. Off. It's a business. That's why
4: business is All right, is does bought. it?
2: Does that hurt? Well, hold on one second. If if you're predicting the Knicks are going to get a top ten pick, okay, and then obviously the Dallas Mavericks decide to not play or or, or sit their best players in the last two games, and they're going to get a top ten pick. Does that hurt sports betters? Does it hurt them? It does. It affects sports better. How does it hurt sports better? Because you're making a bet saying that the Knicks are going to get a top ten pick before the season How many started, are and you're getting on it. I, I don't know. If, I, if the same people will be bet. betting on. They a blind bet on logic. anything.
3: They bet on anything. The same people that could be betting on blind logic of which player could possibly be benched in the first quarter. I'm sure they make bets that
2: LeBron James is not wearing socks under his sneakers. Okay? Anything is possible. I would, I'm just no, saying. It's just as much gambling on,
3: on where a player is drafted or what team a player is drafted to as there is, oh, let's see, which of these questionable or probable players are going to get benched after the first quarter. That's very long shot either way. It doesn't make sense, okay?
4: Is there a pattern to drafting? Like, is, do you see a draft, like, consistent? Do they do eight, 8, 10, 12 drafts? You can guess. Because Not really. They, the it's Knicks hard to predict in the NBA. Attention. Again, people are writing articles about it, so the, the, the Nets have done it enough times it's drawn attention. <laughs> and, it's, and, in fact, they one of the, I think it was DraftKings or FanDuel, one of them, actually pulled all the props on the Nets for, it was about a week and a half ago. Because they were doing something similar to this, I don't know if it was as, as in your face as Seven Guys, but it was to the. I mean, it was to the point where I pulled up my app and I was immediately looking. To see. If well, I maybe that
2: means there's the something situation. specific
3: in the organization. And uh, by
2: the way, is a hundred thousand dollars going to bother the Brooklyn Nets? They're laughing at it. So them uh, finding the Brooklyn Nets and 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 they're violating uh, the so then they just Participa- it. Participa- they should participation participation policy. There? I'm sorry
4: then they should just let it go? Because you just wanted to see the players? No, play. they should I not. Equally penalize these is. other teams yes, doing it. They
2: should be going after the other teams so in the NBA. So who's to say this isn't where it starts? It's it not going to start. It right? hasn't You're, been. You won't hear. I, I yes, guarantee. The Nets are the first a team to low manage this year, Stock. Cool. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, is the first team there won't be another team guys, this I year. Think so
4: yes, I would argue yes. Yeah, this maybe is the first seven, but there's definitely players that
2: three or four at a time. I tell you what, put a bet on this. I bet you, I'll put a bet on this that nobody else would be smacked around by the NBA for violating the NBA's player participation policy. I bet you it won't happen again this year. So I I know it's all well, so you know no I'm saying that they're going after lonely teams that absolutely mean nothing to the league right now and has nothing to do with the league or so winning a not? championship if you just go after the teams that mean something to product, the league the
4: playoffs right cuz you just said the playoffs thing that matters that's true so but also there're teams that have done
3: it that do matter no
4: nope, but that's not what he said so he's saying that goodbye, lonely teams Goodbye. So okay, whatever. I,
2: I love you, Snug. I love you, Snug. You're completely wrong. I love wrong. you, too.
4: I, I can't give, send enough cupcakes to help you, though.
2: Well, that's true. <laughs> cupcakes will not help me on this case. That's for sure. I mean, I would like a cupcake, actually. Cupcakes would be good right now, Speedy. Uh, could you uh, ask Snug to send me a cupcake? We've
3: been trying for five years. Well, still well, he, cup yet. Yeah, I
2: mean, he sends me these ridiculous shirts. He hasn't sent me a gift in two years. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure Snug would love to send you another shirt. <laughs> I mean, I, he sends me a lot of ponies and rainbows. I mean, what what the heck? I remember that one. Yeah. I mean, uh, Brittany loves that shirt, by the way. <laughs> I she believe it. Them. I believe it. I mean, it was a nice shirt. I just wouldn't wear it in public,
3: okay? It, it's no, I don't blame weird. you for not wanting to wear that in public.
2: Why would a cat be riding a pony with rainbows coming out of its rear end? Yeah, I don't blame you for not wanting to wear that one in public. I mean, seriously, there was a <laughs> rainbow coming out of the... Horses. What? It wasn't a horse. It was a unicorn. 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 It was a unicorn. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. And and there was like a rainbow coming out of its rear end. I, mm-hmm. I mean, well, how does this help me, by the way? <laughs> 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 SNY's Andy Martino reports that the Yankees are planning an active January and want to make one- more impactful addition to their pitching staff. Martino also added that Blake Snell is the most likely candidate as he is very interested in playing for the Yankees. It seems unlikely that Jordan Montgomery returns to the Yankees as he mentioned he would prefer to go back to Texas. The Yankees were the runner-up to get Yamamoto and would have given him $300 million before going to the Dodgers for $325 million. If Snell signs with the Yankees, they would have three lefties in their rotation, joining Nestor Cortez and Carlos Rodon, the guys that everybody <laughs> absolutely hates, by the way. Um... Snell had a 2.25 ERA, a 1.19 whip, and a, and 234 strikeouts in 180 innings pitched last season and won the National League Cy Young nearly unanimously. By the way, he also won the Cy Young in the American League, and he was a very good pitcher in the American League East as he pitched very well for the Rays over the years, so uh, could I see and by the way, Blake Snell is still fairly young. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 28, 29 years old. He's he's in the prime of his career as a pitcher. Now, I wouldn't give him a 250 million dollar contract. No. Uh I, I do believe he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. He had a sensational year. I would say he was a top three pitcher in all of the league last year, right behind. Arguably the best pitcher in the league last year in spider-tap himself. I'm just kidding. He wasn't He wasn't doing spider-tap. But obviously Cole is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, since he's come to the Yankees, he's been really, really good except one year. But he also had 234 strikeouts. I think he was right behind Cole when it came to strikeouts. I think Cole had 289 or something like that. Yeah, 260, I believe, something in that range. So uh, Blake Snell would be a great addition to the New York Yankees. Is that going to get the Yankees over the hump? Now, Yamamoto, they struck out on. I wouldn't have given Yamamoto $300 million. (laughs) No. And I wouldn't have given Yamamoto more than a nine-year deal, which obviously Brian Cashman was not going to do. Now, Brian Cashman came out years ago and said that he would not give anybody a 10-year or more contract after Jacoby Ellsbury. Now, Jacoby Ellsbury, the Yankees gave, I think it was a nine-year deal.
3: Yeah, it was was crazy. And
2: after the nine-year deal, the Yankees said they're never giving a deal over 10 ever again. Now, if you look at the Yankees' organization as a whole, they have not been a winning organization for the last 14 seasons. They have not built a good core of players besides Aaron Judge and now probably Volpe. Now... We'll see what Dominguez turns out to be. He will be back in August. We still don't know who he is and what he's going to be in a league. They call him the alien. He's a switch hitting power hitter who's a five to a player. Blake Snell has a lot of good stuff. We, we've seen it. We've seen it in the American League, and now we've seen it in the National League. How many pitchers have gone to the National League getting the American League and won a Cy Young? Very few. This guy also pit in a, pitched in a very good division in the National League, and in the American League. But you sit and you wonder where the Yankees go. If the Yankees decide to not spend the money on Blake Snell, do they go after Corbin Burns? I think Corbin Burns is a better fit for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. You won't have to. Now, the Yankees don't have to trade anything for Blake Snell. All they have to do is sign him. He's, he's a free agent, so the Yankees can keep some of the, their, young, their young prospects but how many young prospects do the Yankees have left? They pretty much traded away a bunch of them for a guy named Juan Soto, who, by the way, is not going to sign an extension until the end of the season.
3: And also, how many are you going to have to trade, too? Because Corbin Burns is yep. going to be a one-year; he's a free agent after this year, too. And the I Brewers, would just wait, then. Yeah, the Brewers are, are getting him. They're not going to get as much value as they expect for him, either. So even if the Yankees like traded their second-best and fifth-best prospect right now or something like that, and maybe a couple of other minor leaguers, low-level minor leaguers. It's not going to be as much as you would originally thought. Mm -hmm. Now,
2: Pereza is a guy that the Yankees might be thinking about moving. Uh, But again, I don't know what the Yankees are going to do. And There were stories coming out over the last 48 hours that Corbin Burns, if he does become available, the Yankees would be one of the favorites to get him. Mm -hmm. But so would the Mets, and so would the Red Sox. The Red Sox made a pretty good trade with the Braves a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. For sale. Uh, Bye-bye. And, and they add one of the better young prospects who haven't really developed very well in the Braves' farm systems. Now, this guy was one of the best prospects in baseball before, I think, the last year and a half. Right, but he never got the playing time because the Braves had loaded infield. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll see where you know what kind of player he turns out to be playing in that lineup with the Red Sox this coming year because he is definitely going to start in the big leagues. But again – there are other teams out there. The Cubs looking to spend money as uh, Craig Council is over there now with the Cubs. And if Corbin Burns becomes available, you wouldn't see that. You can see the Cubs going after a guy like Corbin Burns. I could see that. And Corbin Burns is a very good relationship relationship with Craig Council. It's all about money when it comes to this. Now the Yankees are the Yankees. So. Obviously, Blake Snell coming out and said that he wants to be a Yankee, he wants to play for the Yankees, great. Everybody would like to play in pinstripes. It's the Yankees. It's Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Yogi Berra, Babe Ruth. I mean Joe DiMaggio. We can go on and on. Derek Jeter. On and on and on. Of great players that played in New York and pinstripes. But Blake Snell is a guy that's been injury prone. This guy has not stayed healthy. Everywhere he's gone. Now, when he is healthy, he's a dominant force. He's as good a pitcher as any lefty in baseball. Same thing, and I'll say this, and I don't want to say this because I, I love the move by the Yankees. Carlos Rodon, mm-hmm. he's a great left-handed power pitcher. As a matter of fact, he has the best fastball in baseball. When he's on, he he throws 96. It's untouchable, his, his four-seam fastball. Untouchable. But last year it didn't help because he had shoulder problems. And the Yankees signed him and everybody was taking shots at him that he didn't fit. $27 million. They paid him a lot of money, which I disagree, by the way. He's still in his prime when it comes to left-handed pitchers. Because left-handed pitchers can pitch to the 38-39. You look at a guy like Blake Snell. Blake Snell is a proven pitcher. He was a proven pitcher in the American League and the American League East. But again, the Yankees have made a lot of mistakes over the years. They've traded for players that weren't healthy. They've also signed players that really didn't help the team grow as an organization. And if the Yankees make this move, they have to be damn sure that Blake Snell will be healthy for the important parts of his contract.
3: Yeah, pros and cons of a lot of them with Snell. The, the, the biggest con I think that hurts him the most, like you said, with injury-prone, but also inconsistency year-to-year, to year too. A lot of the times after his Cy Young years or his top years, he has a bad year in between, and that's been the pattern so far in his career, and you hope if you're going to give him a contract that's six-plus years or something like that, it's probably not going to be more than seven, but probably six years in that range, you would have to get, hope to get four good years out of it, too. Now, there's some positives. Like you said, he's played in AL East ballparks before. He's familiar with that kind of thing. And a lot of the offenses across the American League, East, outside of the Yankees and probably the Orioles, have gotten worse since he's left the Rays, got traded over to the Padres. And because he's not a super reliant guy on his fastball and his velocity, I think he's somebody that definitely could age well. So if the Yankees are smart and give him a six- or seven-year deal that's in the probably lower 200s or high 100s, like 190, something in that range, I think the Yankees are going to make it work. Now, like you said, I would not pay him 250. I think that's too risky. I was worried that the Mets might do that kind of thing because they struck out on every other pitcher imaginable, too. And the Mets are another team, along with the Giants, I think that have the biggest interest in him right now, along with the Yankees. So if the Mets do that, I would definitely be worried about that kind of thing, too. But I think six or seven years in that high 200 range is definitely something they can make work. I, I think also when you look at the, the position that the Yankees are in,
2: They have and again the Yankees have one of the highest salaries in baseball and they're going to have to pay Juan Soto a lot of money at the end of the year, but yeah. we don't know if Juan Soto is going to stay there. We don't know if Juan Soto's plan is to stay with the Yankees when he becomes a free agent. I There were stories coming out that he would be more interested in signing with the Mets in Citi Field because he loves Citi Field and he's very good friends with Lindor. I don't know. Maybe that could happen. Maybe the We've never seen the Yankees lose a player, a top player at the top part of his career, at the prime of his career to free agency. We've, Everybody says Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano was 30, 31 years old, and the Yankees were not giving him an extensive career, extensive contract because for four years he, they knew that he had three or four years at best left with the injuries that he had. So again, the Yankees also have to see this as as the big picture here: a left-handed power pitcher that usually usually a Cy Young Award winner that usually don't become available like this in free agency. It could be a steal, but again, there's a reason why nobody resigned him. There was a reason why he's right now on the, at, the, at the top of the market because of the fact that he can't stay healthy, because of the fact that he can't
3: be consistent as a left-handed power pitcher in the league. Right? There's a four years or three years with a four plus ERA yep. since that Cy Young year too. So again, the consistency factor I think is the biggest thing to look at, and also I think when it comes to a left-handed free agent pitcher too, in the Yankee Stadium, al- it also could demand more money and. Uh, if the Yankees get it where it's past maybe two twenty, I wouldn't go any higher than that for somebody like him. And you have to be careful with the years too. That's why I think Corbin Burns is interesting too because Corbin Burns is somebody that is younger and has been more much more consistent in the that five years last year and this would be, last year and this would be a great time to
2: make a trade because, yep. his value might be under what they could probably get for him if he has a good year this year. But again, he might not be available in his final year with Milwaukee because Milwaukee's going to probably try to train him at the trade deadline and get as much as they possibly can get back for him if he
3: has a good season. Right, but here's the advantage the Yankees do have, though, with that is if the Brewer, being the Brewers, are in the National League, are they going to want to trade him to the Cubs? Are they going to want to trade him to the Mets, especially the Cubs being in division? So are they going to want to do that kind of thing where the Yankees might swoop in as being that high-priced American League team be able to do that. Now, the Red Sox will be on him, too, because they need pitching really badly. The Red Sox are going to be on everybody, but it seems like they don't like to open up their pockets. No. Uh, they become a very poor
2: organization. But... We look at poor organization as they're, what, ranked 11th or 10th right now yeah, in the they're, league. They're allegedly, That's not bad. A, I
3: mean, seriously. And there's also a conspiracy theory, too, now out there because oh, the uh, the owner of the Red Sox also owns a Premier League team, and they're going to go after Mbappe, and then all of a sudden they're going to, oh, because he wants to give Mbappe this big contract, they're going to they're not going to spend for the Red Sox. I mean, I don't know if they necessarily correlate, but still. I, I also <laughs> think that when you look
2: at, you know, the American League East and you look at the position that the Yankees are in, you're, you're competing against the Rays that are going to be up there every single year. Look, they lost... Wander Franco. And he probably won't play in the league ever again. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best young players in the league. One of the best young prospects in the, in the league for the last two or three years. He might Mm -hmm. never play again in the majors. And, the Rays are still going to be a dangerous team. They're still going to be an elite team because of that farm system and the way they draft and the way they build up players and pitchers. So, again, and the way they make trades, by the way, too. Unbelievable. Yep. By the way, that Glass now uh, trade is going to absolutely work for them. Look at the players. Look at the prospects they brought back from uh, for Tyler Glass now. And they got rid of
3: Margot's contract, yeah. too. And,
2: and two of those guys are going to be stars. You watch. Mark my words. Two of those guys are going to be stars, a part of their team for many, many years to come until they become free agents and then they go elsewhere and become terrorists. We've seen this before. Mm Now, I'm not saying Blake Snell did that when they traded Blake Snell, but we've seen other pitchers that pitched very well in the American League East and played very well for the Rays that never, ever became the pitchers that they thought they were going to be after they left the Rays in the American League East. So the Rays have something, and they have uh, obviously the right executives to push this team to that next level. And the Yankees have not been one of those organizations. Volpe, they, they hit on with Volpe. I think he's going to be a star. Aaron Judge, he's in the prime of his career. Uh, he's a big man that probably has another three good years. They give him a nine-year extension. And then you have other guys. Dominguez, could he stay healthy? Could he become the player that they brought from the Dominican Republic at the age of 15, 16 years old? Who knows? And then they, they've struck out again on another Japanese pitcher. I mean, they struck out on Otani a couple of years ago, where everybody thought there was a no, there was no chance in hell the Angels the Angels were going to outbid him. And he didn't want to be a Yankee. And then the same thing with Yamamoto because the Yankees didn't want to extend him as we saw the Dodgers give him a 12-year, $325 million contract. So the Yankees, as good as the Yankees were and as good as ownership and, and the Steinbrenners have been over the years because George never loses on waging and, and spending pl- spending for players, Steve Cohen has turned into the new George Steinbrenner. And has it worked for the Mets? As the Mets have had back-to-back years with losing seasons. So buying players are not always the answer. So the Yankees have to be careful on investing in another lefty who can't stay healthy. And now they're blaming the Mets for setting the market for
3: everybody else, including
2: the Dodgers. I don't know. Wander Franco. ESPN reports that Wander Franco was officially arrested in the Dominican Republic for inappropriate relationships with minors. They added that the arrest came as a result of him and his lawyer not showing up for his summons meeting last week, leading to him going missing. The Associated Press reports that the prosecutors also accused Franco of. ...of commercial sexual... (laughs) uh, exploitation ...and money laundering... ...during the trial on Wednesday... ...Franco paid off... ...the mother of one of the minors... ...and both Franco and... ...the mother are now... ...detained under house arrest... ...the prosecutors also told the judge to hold Franco under house arrest for a for bond worth $86,000. Franco still remains on the Rays' 40-man roster, and the Rays decline to comment about the new developments in this case. Here, here's, here's the reason why they didn't want to comment about it. He's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Okay, he is in a ton of trouble. The Dominican Republic right now, as what I have read about the the, the law over there, it's a lot worse than it is over here. Mm-hmm. The jails are a lot worse than they are over there. And they don't care if Wanda Franco is a superstar here in America. They don't care how much money he has. What they know is he was messing around with a 14-year-old minor. That's what's, that's what's going on. And her mother, who he paid off yeah. over the last couple of weeks, is being detained now. So it tells you one thing. is this been going on right now in D- the Dominican Republic on Families, mothers and fathers pointing off their kids to professional athletes or people with money. This is a huge problem. And uh, I watched a movie a couple of weeks ago on pretty much people selling young kids' bodies to people that have money. Human trafficking. It's. it's it, it, I guess you can call it human trafficking. It wasn't a human trafficking documentary or movie, okay. but human trafficking has been going on. I think, if I'm not mistaken, over. A million kids have been used and sexually abused around the country, around the world, mm-hmm. over the last past two or three years. So, you're, it's a huge, huge business. And Juan DeFranco doesn't give a crap because he has a lot of money. He's he's a multimillionaire. millionaire He has $182 million coming to him, if it actually does come to him. And the organization as a whole, the Tampa Bay Rays, who don't like to give contracts, decided to give it to a young superstar like him, who... By the way, they knew that this story was going to grow lakes. They knew about this story before they gave him the contract. So, it shows you how incompetent the organization is on giving away or throwing money away to players that don't deserve it. This is an organization that was very petty over the years. They like to trade away talent away because they don't want to give those players Uh, They don't want to give those players those big contracts, and now all of a sudden the one player that they decide to pay, the 22-year-old who they knew that was doing things behind closed doors or in other countries that were illegal, give them a contract like that, just despicable. The organization's despicable in the league they cannot let this guy play again unfortunately and i'm not i don't know the whole story about this and we didn't know the whole story about the bauer story and bauer got in got in trouble and he he still hasn't pitched a pitch in the major league since that story even though he was proved not guilty this I don't know
3: how you'd prove this not to be guilty. I, I don't know how you prove them not to be guilty from this story. Right, and I also think, too, that the raise saying that we're going to decline the comment right now knows there might be something else up rather than just the three that we know of, too, because you look at the one uh, story with the, the mother with the house arrest, too. Like, that seems obvious that that, up, that kind of thing ended up happening quickly, but there's two more that we know of the filed accusations, and it makes it seem like there's a lot more than just the three, too, and like you said, the laws in the Dominican Republic are stricter. I don't know what the house arrests are going to be even tougher to be able to decipher more information out of it. But I think the Rays definitely know more than they were being able to let on, too. And the other thing is, too, is how many other payoffs are there going to be with the, with just this kind of thing, too, where this kind of whole scandal, these new charters that are being brought out, too, definitely could be a lot more plausible than people think, especially but, if there's more of them But paying. this has been going on in professional sports for a long, long time. Right. I mean, Wanda Franco
2: is not the only player in history that's ever done this. I mean, there are t- quite a few athletes over the years that probably weren't caught or – we're doing this behind closed doors and getting away with it because the league was protecting their brand. They were protecting the emblem. And and again, I'm not gonna mention players that I've heard over the years that were doing it because it's it's all hearsay. But I, I do know this. Finally the league is trying, or even the world in and and the government is trying to to attack these these disgusting, you know, predators. And yeah. yeah. Wanda Franco is a predator. That's what he is. Oh, yeah. I don't know what more you call him. He's a 14... Now, I did come out, and I said that... And I've stuck up for Josh Giddy. I did, because Josh Giddy is not getting in trouble by the NBA as of right now. He was supposedly dating a 16-year-old. But he's been dating her for the last year and a half, two years. So he's 21. He just turned 22. At the time that he started dating this girl, he was 20. He was underage. So was it that bad that he was a 20-year-old and the girl was 16 years old when he was dating her? So... I would say no, but again, we have seen, and I, again, you know the age, and you know that it's illegal, it's an illegal age to date a girl under the age of 18. In, in America, in certain places, I think it is, Yeah, it's 18 or older, and yeah. that's the same way with the Dominican Republic. I
3: don't know if that's. Everywhere in the country. I'm I sure know. it's, like, individual, each state, I would yes. imagine. I
2: don't know. I'm not going to quote that because I, I'm i not a lawyer. So I'm not going to say that in all the 50, what, 52 states? 50, yeah. 50 states. I don't even know how many states there are. Just just tells you. <laughs> My social studies. Now, there's been back no back. new states since, uh, <laughs> since Hawaii came into the nation. I have the island of Errol. The island of Errol. In your parallel the universe. Mayor. The island of Errol. Uh, you know, it's a... It's about 50, 50 miles, you know, and they call it the Island of Errol. All right. Well, see, see if you can I get am the any, king uh, there. See if you can get any uh, US king. politicians to sign off on that. You can call me No, we the don't sign off on our monarchies
3: our monarchies. So
2: listen, I'm not Henrik Lundqvist. I'm not Felix uh, Felix uh Hernandez. Hernandez or or who else? Oh, LeBron. LeBron. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs>
3: oh no, but he, I am uh, the King Errol. I oh, believe you. Know me. LeBron would Errol would, the king. LeBron would be the person to buy his own <laughs> island though. <laughs> Could
2: could you give me a nice sound if I came out of the stage as king? Could you if they crowned me? What what would be the sound if they crowned me, Speedy? Uh, I, mean, I I, 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 I you... want to be crowned.
3: I, I want a nice yeah, gold. Yeah, I think you might need a better impressionist. With some, you know,
2: diamonds on the top of it, but how would the how would the music, uh, you know, come out?
3: I don't know. You might need a better impressionist based on yesterday. It would be like The hell is that? Oh, oh should so we ask? What De- is that? An elephant so snorting have, or something? Right, <laughs> should we have Derek to try? You want Derek to try? Oh my God!
2: Could you imagine? Let us hear Derek. All right, let's Derek. Well,
3: we're gonna give you a uh, impressionist. Let's, <laughs> hear let's hear it. Let's hear. Let's what what, what hear. You're you doing an impression. Do? You're doing an impression of if Errol was introduced as the king of his own island. <laughs>
5: yes, I want to hear it. Uh, Errol, I need to
2: see you do it again. I I was like like if I was the king of my island, I would call it the Island of Errol. I would be like. Speedy, give me me yours. (laughs) (laughs) Speedy, you like to pop in and pop out? No. I mean, popping in and popping out is very good. You know that? No. It feels good when you pop in and pop out. Hector knows about that. Right, Hector. You like to pop in and pop out. Scoops likes to pop in and pop out. Does it feel good to pop in and pop out?
6: That's what she said. No, so. that's
2: what she said. That's true. I mean, Speedy, does. Speedy. doesn't like to pop in and pop out. He has no, you know, he has no feelings towards it. Speedy, am I right about that?
3: You would be right about that.
2: I, so he doesn't like to pop in and pop out.
3: Yeah. I'll Which leave.
2: way do you like it, inside or out? Clearly, I don't care. But if you were to choose, inside or out? Out, I guess. No he likes it out. All right, so he likes it out. So he likes to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hector's probably what the hell's going on here <laughs> yeah
3: I'm sure Hector didn't sign up for any of your nonsense either I'm unfortunately stuck with it <laughs>
2: Oh, Speedy! Speedy, actually, I asked Speedy yesterday. I said, "Would you put cottage cheese in your tuna fish?" And he tells me, "Why would I do that?" He says, "I guess I I put I'd try it, you know." But I said, "You would try that, but you wouldn't try this." And he t- he tells me, "Well, that's disgusting." I said, "Well, that's the whole point. What do you think cottage cheese and tuna fish would taste like?" <laughs> I like that hat on you, Speedy. You got to wear it a little bit lower. You know, you look like, you look like exactly. Gilligan. He looks like Gilligan from Gilligan's Island, doesn't he? It looks good. Look at him. Uh, I I'm sure Derek is young, too young to get the, uh, that reference. Let's go to a quick break. When we come back, we will have Mr. Derek Mountaineer and Mr. Hector here for Let's Parlay. You're, you're, you're listening to the
0: Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud
2: Get it, Speedy. Little Red Riding Hood, look at him. He's wearing his like a. <laughs> there he goes. He look like Little Red Riding Hood. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number to call. You're listening to the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Errol Marks. My co-host, Speedy. Speedy, go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me and Speedy Peedy every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. All you have to do to tune in every single week is tune in with me and Speedy Peedy by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Oh, it's been great, Speedy. We have Brandon Lloyd up next, and and then Amos Willingham. Yes, and... Major league pitcher who's going to be joining us in just uh, a few minutes as well. Little Red Riding Hood, I like that, Speedy. As we call this segment, let's parlay. Parlay, ole ole ole.
0: Parlay, ole. It's time for let's
2: parlay. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Yes, Carl, let's go blue. We all know about Michigan. Yes, yes, yes. Anyways, as everybody knows, we call this Let's Parlay tonight. We have Derek, a.k.a. Mountaineer Mountain here, and Hector Macho Camacho here as well, as Hector joined us for the first time last week, and now... Derek is back. Happy New Year, boys. I hope you guys are ready to make your picks. As you all know the story, and you know the picks, Hector, you were 2-2 two two last week. Derek, you were not here last week, so let's uh, keep it going. Right. As you guys last year were at a little bit over 69%, you were at 69.8%. You were, you were You guys were riding over 70% all season long. It's been amazing how you guys make your picks, and a lot of fans... Uh, have looked forward into this segment every single week. So, you guys ready? Hector, you're going to go first. Give us your first pick. Then Derek will go back
6: and forth until your final pick for the parlay. Here we go. Hector, first pick. Okay, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, minus four, against the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. The Ravens don't have anything to play for. Steelers need that win to make it into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to go with my put. Yeah.
2: All right, so he's going with... Pittsburgh over Baltimore. All right,
5: Derek, give us your first pick of the week. Uh, It it really hit me this week with the uh, no Monday night football, no Thursday night football. Mm. You know, it's coming to an end, guys. And I'm always betting on football, and this show especially. Um, My first college basketball pick of the year, I believe, on this show, I'm going to go with Memphis minus nine and a half right now. Mm. They, they tipped off about 20 minutes ago. We're, we're in the second media timeout. They're playing Tulsa. Um, it is their first conference game. Memphis has four ranked wins already on their schedule. They have two road wins over ranked opponents in Missouri and in Texas A&M. Um, Tulsa's 9-3, and three, but it's a very inflated record. Their best wins over Missouri State by a bucket, um, and their only high major opponent they played to date is Oklahoma State, a 17-point loss. So I just think Memphis is way more battle-tested, and I like them to cover this 9.5-point spread right now.
2: All right, Derek gives us his first pick, Memphis covering. All right, Hector, give us your second pick of the night.
6: I'll take the uh, Los Angeles Rams against the San Francisco 49ers. They're uh, plus four. Neither team has anything to play for right now. 49ers have locked up the one seed. And the Rams already have a playoff spot, so give me the Rams plus four on the road.
2: All right, the Rams plus four on the road for Hector's number two pick. All right.
5: Derek, give us a number two. Uh. Hector, it's nice to meet you. I'm actually going the other way on this one. I'm going with San Fran minus four. Um, As Hector noted, nothing to play for for either side, but we already see him with the Rams. Stafford, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Aaron Donald, Ernest Jones, already out of this game. Um, The only notable guys out so far for San Fran are Purdy and CMC. Both are injury related. Um, And Shanahan has already come out and said he doesn't want to treat the next two weeks with two bye weeks. They already locked up the one. I think he's going to play his starters for the majority of this game to avoid rust. Minus four indicates that they're going to play the backups the whole game. I don't think Shanahan's going to do that. I think he wants to stay sharp going into the bye week. So I don't see much drop off between Darn and Purdy. Give me San Fran minus four.
2: I would agree with you. I think San Francisco absolutely tortures the Rams this week. Hector, give us your number three, baby.
6: And my next pick will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Minus four and a half against the Carolina. Such a horrible game last time. And I think they're going to cover the spread.
2: All right. So he's got Tampa Bay
5: covering the spread for his number three pick. Derek, number three, baby. C.D. Lamb over 92 and a half yards against the Washington Commanders. So... He is 66 yards away from Tyreek, catching Tyreek for the receiving title. I, I really like this angle. I think McCarthy and Jerry Jones are always hiring the records up. I mean, earlier this year, we saw the Cowboys blow out the Giants. They are up by three points the entire game against Tommy DeVito at weekend, but they kept CD Lamb until the middle of the fourth quarter. So he became the first receiver in NFL history to have three straight games of 10 catches and 150 plus yards, three straight right. games. Um, I want to put it past the Cowboys and McCarthy to keep CD land in this in this game even if it's a blowout just for CD get himself a case for the receiving title offensive player of the year against commanders this is the worst secondary football three of their top four corners are listed as questionable one already listed as out um, juicy matchup they haven't technically locked up the NFC East. They lock it up with a win. So I think the motivation is there. So give me CB over ninety-two and a half and yards.
6: All right, Hector, give us your parlay pick, your final pick of the week. Yeah, give me the New England Patriots. As much as I hate to say it, I think they're going to beat the Jets. And I think uh, they're going to say goodbye to Belichick with a win. If they're at home, minus one and a half, I think they'll cover that easy.
2: I hope the Patriots win. Because if the Jets win, it would just give the Jets another debacle. As they win a game, they shouldn't win. As they won a game against Washington, they shouldn't have won. And the Jets might be drafting at four. Thank you to
5: Hector for joining us as well. Derek. Your final pick of the night. I have to pick a side in the national championship. I Mm. love the Washington Huskies so far this year. But I think the gravy train is over on Monday night. Mm. Um, They have cashed two straight games as underdogs. This would be their third straight. If they won on Monday night, they're a four and a half point favorite. But I got to go the other way. I'm going Michigan to cover the four and a half point spread. This is a team that's top ten in success rate on offense and defense. So they're really balanced. Um, they are fourth in yards allowed per play on defense. I really think this defense is going to get Michael Penix and those weapons fits. I don't think Washington has faced a defense of caliber of Michigan this year. I don't think they've faced a team as physical as Michigan. Um, and if there's one Achilles heel for Washington, it's that run defense. I think we saw Texas run for a lot of success on New Year's. We saw Oregon both games have success from the ground and now you got Blake Corham, you got Donovan Edwards on Monday night. I think it's going to be a really entertaining game for about three, three and a half quarters. Michigan's going to pull away in the end and cover this spread.
2: Wow! Listen to, look at, listen to Derek with confidence in Michigan and the Wolverines. Hey,
5: I hope Washington wins. I, I <laughs> love sorry. Michael Penix. I love those receivers, but I, I just think, I just think it's over Monday night. The another.
2: farewell trip of Jim Harbaugh. He finally brings the national championship home to Michigan and says, sayonara, I'm heading to the NFL again." Hey,
3: don't, don't dispute the farewell trip of the Pac-12. <laughs>
2: Ah, as it goes out on top. Hey, listen, the Dodgers are saying a lot of sayonara. But they're saying sayonara to players that they should be saying and saying sayonara as they bring in their Japanese players. You know, you like that, Speedy? Yeah, Could you, do it? Could you do it? Japanese
3: players. Japanese
2: players. <laughs> you see, you got Derek laughing. <laughs> By the way, you're covering your eyes. I like that. I, what, what happened to the glasses I told you to wear?
3: I think I left him in my house. Oh,
2: yeah, you see what I mean? This guy is someone organized. I mean, look. Look yeah, at I'm Brandon I'm scrambling for six other Brandon things before Lord. the show. Look when, at okay. him. He, uh, look at him. He's wearing his sexy glasses. He's ready to go. What happened to your sexy glasses?
3: All right, I'm scrambling six other things before the show and the meeting. So. Now you look like a soldier, you know?
2: You look like a soldier. And okay. what is this with this moose, you know, whatever the hell the hell that thing is. The Bar Harbor, Maine? What the hell is that? That's where I went last year. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Did you ride a moose? No. Do you like riding mooses? I never rode a moose. Well, you look like a guy that rides a moose. Good for you. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Hey, listen, what would you think a moose would do to you if you actually jumped on its back? Trample me. How is it going to trample you if it's on if you're on its back? You're, by the way, you are assuming I'm going to make it on my on. Its by back. the way, just so and we're going to get Brandon Lloyd in And before I say goodbye to you, Derek. I'm actually going to Madison Square Garden tomorrow. I'm doing. I have credentials to go to the bull riding championships over there, so I'm going to get to meet a lot of cowboys. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, that be. That sounds fun. fun. Yeah, it will be fun. I I don't know. It somebody told me, would you? If somebody dared you, would you jump on a bull and try to ride it? I said, I've, I've jumped on a lot of bulls and I've, I've rode a lot of bulls in my past. <laughs> and Speedy, it went right over Speedy's head. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Anyways, Derek, thank you. Uh, happy New Year's, by the way. And uh, we'll see you next week, my friend. And uh, we'll keep tabs on you. You guys, uh, this is a new year. I want to see you guys get over 70. I mean, it's unbelievable. You guys do better than Vegas. It's crazy. And everybody, I have people all over the country that reach out to me saying that you and Wes are absolutely fantastic. They love you guys. They really do. You guys are fantastic when you guys do it together. And you guys uh, have done pretty well together over the last couple of weeks. So good luck and... uh uh, we'll keep tabs on it. We'll see you next week, my friend.
5: I appreciate the kind words. I will see you guys next week.
2: The Mountaineer, ladies and gentlemen, manies, ladies and gentlemen. I like that. I have my own words now. Not ladies, manies and gentlemen. You like that, Speedy? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyways, when we come back, we will be speaking to our friend. Uh, he's been on the show quite a few times, and we always love him to come on the show. Twelve-year NFL wide receiver. Five, I'll tell you this: uh, one of the seasons, I think it was in 2010, he had one of the great seasons we've seen a wide receiver have in, in, in the in the mid 2000s. Uh, we will have Brandon Lloyd on. When we come back here on the Sports Loudmouth.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouth.
2: A little Avicii, baby. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You're listening to the Sports Loudmouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, the speedster, Gilligan himself, Speedy Petey. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me and Speedy Petey. Every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. I'm like a robot here. I can just flow. All you got to do to check all out all our shows, you go to our website at www. I want to give a shout out to all the fans out there that keep tuning into our crazy, crazy selves, including yours truly, as we love to piss people off, as always. And now, ladies and gentlemen, our very good friend, as he's been on the show quite a few times, we are now talking to 12 year NFL wide receiver Brandon Lloyd. There he goes. Brandon, what's up, bud? Nothing much. What's going on with you? Seem like you're on a roll tonight. Well, I'm up. I'm wonderfully cold. I love the cold over here, by the way. Everybody, Speedy hates the cold. He's like a little Twizzler, you know? When he goes out there, he wears his coats and his... You know, his dresses, right? You like wearing dresses, Speedy? No. You don't like wearing dresses? <laughs> no. I, you were, I, I thought you were wearing Daisy Dukes the other day. Good for you. Oh, well, I'm just saying. You did. You wore Daisy Dukes. Anyways, Brandon, uh, we're happy to have you on. We haven't had you on for a couple of months. Last year, we had you on. You were a fantastic person. How you? have been on our show quite a few times. Uh, before we get into it, how are you and your family doing? I mean, there was the flu going around, all these different sicknesses going on. You've been mm-hmm. healthy? Everything's good?
7: Yeah, everything's good. I've been healthy. I got my two high schoolers in uh, varsity basketball
2: this year. So following them around with that.
7: You're um, you look
2: like you look like you could play another 10 years in the NFL. It's crazy. You look (laughs) the same that you did seven, eight years ago. It's crazy. And you got two high school kids, senior high school kids. That's crazy. Right, right, (laughs) right. Yeah. And
7: then just doing my nonprofit work Mm -hmm. with uh, Denver tennis park. So uh, we're doing some kids programming and, We're we're now the number one um, youth tennis provider in the entire state of Colorado. So we're serving over three thousand kids, and
2: um, and that's about it. You know, just youth tennis. That's interesting. I you want to know something? Mm -hmm. I played tennis in high school, and it it was because I decided my last year I was playing hockey. It was. I was a pretty good I was a pretty good hockey player. I my my coach told me, I don't want you to play any physical sports. I didn't want you I don't want you to play. run tr- cross country, run track and field or play tennis. And I said Play tennis. So me as an athlete, I said, you know what? I could play tennis. I, I could go out there. I mean, I could be another Pete Sampras or Andre Agassi. I went out there. I was pretty damn good, believe it or not. That's because I just used my athletic ability to run after the ball. I couldn't put any backspin on the ball. I thought it was ping pong, so I was trying to do it like a ping pong ball. That didn't work. And all these great tennis players used to do was just hit the ball around the court and made me run after it until I got tired. And then I was just done. I was like huffing exactly. and puffing. That's what they do to me. So I, it didn't work out. I was uh, I say third in singles or second in singles and fourth in doubles. But uh, I, I played. I was pretty good. I played varsity tennis for the first time. I never played tennis in my life. So athletic ability, baby. I don't know if I'm as athletic as you are. I mean, look at you. I mean, you played in the NFL for 12 years. And and in one season, you were just as good as anybody that season. And it's it's an amazing story. And by the way, um, I want to give a shout out to you because over the last couple of years I I've watched all these different wide receivers play and one of them that really stands out to me that remind me of you and it's crazy and I don't know if anybody's told you this. Amari Cooper reminds me of of you when you played at the top of your game. Amari Cooper who doesn't drop the ball a lot, uh, he he goes he goes. He runs good routes, and he goes after the ball. He, uh, he he's. I call him like a scooper. He he knows how to scoop the ball out of the you know, you know out of the air, and 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 just dominates. He had another good season this year, and I I, I will say this. Amari would probably say, yeah, I'm a better player than Brandon Brandon Lloyd is, but I I know that's what he would say. But I I I think that when I watch Amari Cooper play, he reminds me a lot like you, because when I watched it play, at the top of your game, you were as good as anybody in the league.
7: Awesome. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's that's big time.
2: All right, so let's get into it. The Denver Broncos. Okay, <laughs> I mean seriously, yeah. the Denver Broncos have been absolutely horrific. I mean, they they went they had a lot of highs and a lot of lows this year. And when they were at their highest, they there were stories coming out. In week eight or week nine, when they were playing Kansas City and they beat Kansas City, they wanted to take Russell Wilson out. He wasn't getting along with the coaching. He wasn't getting along with any of his players. Not a dink, because we've heard stories about Russell Wilson in Seattle. Half the players over there couldn't stand him. We've seen Richard Sherman say things about him. We've heard other play Camp Chancellor say things about him. Uh, Marshawn Lynch went on uh, you know, a couple of shows this year and said things about him. What is it about Russell Wilson? Why doesn't he get along with other players?
7: Well, I think that, you know, when, when players go to an organization, we typically will take on, will embody the, the, the city will, we'll take on the persona of the city and being that Denver's a, a blue collar city, it's just Seattle also blue collar city, you know, a Hollywood personality doesn't quite fit. And I, I feel it's just a, a mismatch there. You know, he came in his first year, I think he had a, a, almost a 20-person entourage that had access to the facility. He had his own office baked into his contract. So while the other players are in the locker room, he's in his personal office. Why does, a, why does he need an office to run the Russell Wilson enterprise? And that just rubs teammates the wrong way and, the, and, and, and what that puts off i think the um the the other aspect he just maybe he he, he comes off a bit he doesn't come off very authentic and and his approach and how he's communicating with the media he maybe could be perceived as being a little fake i think that uh, the interesting part about this you know as his former teammates in seattle are talking about it no one said anything while they were on the team with him <laughs> all this stuff comes out after he's off the team so I think Seattle did a good job of insulating this personality
3: dysfunction,
7: character issues that he may have with the organization or with with his teammates. But once a player leaves that organization that drafts them, you know everything kind of comes out, and you, the players have to start addressing that. So I, I think him with him and and Sean Payton. Uh, when Sean Payton got there, he nixed the entire entourage, took the office away, and. <laughs> You know, he was forced to go back into the locker room and, and be an equal to the rest of the players. And I think that was more of a testament to Sean Payton um, to, to have the guts to do that and then and and then to go in to manage him as a player in the game. So, I, you know, as, as I'm evaluating Sean Payton, yeah, the, the one in five start was horrendous you know, capped off by that disaster in the Miami game. But then the, the third quarter of the season was decent. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they go on a, a five game winning streak and, and things started looking good for them, you know, there until the end. And so, you know, in, you know, in October, you know, the way that Sean Payton needed to manage Russell Wilson, it appeared that they wanted to keep him under 30 throws was like the mass seemed to be the magic number. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and so as he's managing him, you know I I think it's it was it's frustrating. You could see him bickering at each other on the sidelines. Um, you could you know it, it was just visibly it was not the it's not the type of offense that uh, Sean Payton was was wanting to run. And then that's what we, you run into when a new coach comes to an organization. They have a vision on how they want to see uh, the the team run, the players that fit in it. And unfortunately, Russell Wilson just doesn't fit into the type of offense and the type of team. Sean Payton wants to have.
3: Yeah, so the, one of the other big things was they're not sp- starting him to make sure they don't have to pay him a $37 million insurance bonus, too. So what are your thoughts on that? And just the general concept of these teams, especially now in this week where all these incentive bonuses are going to come out, what are your thoughts on the way the NFL sometimes nitpicks those things?
7: You know, that's the way it's always been. And and that, that's just the nature of the business. When I, when I talk to my friends throughout my career who are in the business world, uh, and I would tell them some of these inner workings of what's going on, how they wouldn't send a defensive player on blitz packages because they don't want him to get too many sacks or how they uh, don't pass a certain player the ball because they don't want um, that player to be uh, uh, in a contract here because they don't want that player to come to the table for more money. Um, My business friends say, wow, that's just disgusting. It's some of the most disgusting things we've heard. But at the same time, when they put that into context, they don't pretend like they've had a job where someone asked them to take a pay cut either. So, you know, you know, put it in context, it's all relative. And so when it comes down to these players, it just depends on whose side you're on. Are you on the side of the organization or are you on the side of the player? So some people stand up and say that, that they're doing them dirty. And some people say, you know, the organization is doing the right thing by trying to maximize the dollars they have. They didn't put themselves in this, in this contract situation. Um, our, the new ownership didn't get themselves in this contract situation. It came with the purchase of the team. So as I, was, as I reflect back on the, the Denver Broncos, um, you know George, George Patton is the one who put this package together, the general manager. Now he, he should probably get two or three percent from the bowling field <laughs> because, because there was no way this organization would have sold without a s- seemingly superstar quarterback, a hot shot head coach who just got done coaching Aaron Rodgers to MVP you know, there was no way this team would have sold for $4 billion as it did. So, you know, uh, George is on the side of the Bowling family and making this deal. And so, you know, he got the team sold and that's pretty much all he cares about. Now it comes down to, you know, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, you know, botched that the first year and now Sean Payton's in here cleaning it up. Hmm. So, um, you know, as I view it, um, teams do this all the time. They give a player an option look you're not playing up to how we expect or this isn't going this isn't going the right way the way we would want it to you can stay here but you have to take less or you can try to try it out on the open market and russell wilson's gonna try it out on the open market like like any player should you know you should say hey i'm gonna take my money cut my bait and go out there and have at
2: it Mm, He's definitely uh, having at it with Ciara. I mean, she's something to look at. I can tell you that. At least he has something to look at. I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Babies and something to look at. I wouldn't mind looking at that every day. Uh, We're talking a 12-year NFL wide receiver. Brandon Lloyd played for the 49ers, Commanders, Broncos, Bears, Rams, Patriots from 2003 to 2014. Fantastic wide receiver, great personality as we all know, he's been on a show. And uh, there is a coach that you were coached by in Bill Belichick that a lot of people have been throwing to the wolves this year. I mean, the last two seasons the 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 Patriots have not been the team that they were over the years. They won six Super Bowls. Uh Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers and wins another Super Bowl and everybody says you can't win without Tom Brady. Maybe that's true, maybe that's not true. But Bill Belichick who still wants to coach, he's, uh, some people say that he wants to coach all the way until he breaks Don Shula's record as he becomes the winningest coach in NFL history. But it seems like uh, Robert Kraft wants to part ways with him uh, and ownership just hasn't gotten along with Bill Belichick since the whole Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady thing. Uh, do you believe Bill Belichick is going to part ways in the off season and if he does, do you believe he still wants to coach? Do you still think he's going to come back? And if he does, who do you think he is going to go and coach?
7: Yes, he's, he's definitely coming back. He's definitely coaching. I, I believe that he's he, he, he could be out of New England, so I'll go out on a limb and say he'll be out of New England. And then there's plenty of places for him uh, to land, um, maybe with the Chargers. Does that sound does that sound let, let me
2: tell you something, reasonable? just so you know, Brandon Lloyd, and and I want to tell you, Brandon, I've been saying this before the season started that Bill Belichick was going to be on his way out. And Speedy, what was the team that I said he was going to go to? The Chargers. The
3: Chargers. And
2: why did I tell you he was going to go to the Chargers? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. If if you go right. any of the other quarterbacks, any other teams, nobody has the young talent and the arm strength of Justin Herbert. He's an up-and-coming superstar. He just needs a coach that can coach him and take him to the next level. It would be Bill Belichick, who's arguably the greatest coach to ever coach in NFL history. Am I right or wrong?
7: I think you're wrong. Mm. But mm. but I think because um, Bill Belichick is an offensive coach. Mm-hmm. He's a defensive coach. Now, it's going to be the staff that Bill brings to uh, LA to to, to wrap around that team and and i don't know if he necessarily has it see what bill had with tom was he had the greatest quarterback greatest player of all time on his team who wasn't willing to uh blow up the salary cap by taking the salary we all know he deserved mm-hmm. he should have been the first 350 million dollar quarterback <laughs> he you know you know eight years ago he could have you know, asked for that money, and and it would have been warranted. But what would that have done? It would have completely blown up the team. You can't you can't play around that. You know, yeah. Ha- I have a theory when you you know you look at all these great teams are not great teams are teams that win a Super Bowl, and the quarterback takes the money. They don't seem to return. Roethlisberger did it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did it, and it, it you know it happens. Mahomes did it, but they went back to the Super Bowl in one. So it kind of blows up my theory with that. But. <laughs> But it, you know, most of the time that that's what happens. Tom never did it, so what 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 we're seeing is that with Bill, he doesn't have that um, that built-in salary cap, and so now he has to deal with ballers, guys who want to get paid, and and before it was guys were wanting to come play because they knew Tom was going to manage the the, the offense. They were going to get him far to the Super Bowl, get him into position to win games. And so Bill can manage that team with lesser talent, with social deviants, with late-round draft picks and undrafted players. Because he know the players know that if they do their job, do what their coach to do, that they'll be in the position to win. But the problem is with that is that they can't play anywhere else because they just don't have very much talent. So, I don't, so okay. he's got these play Yep. Go ahead. No.
3: No.
2: Go ahead. Get go ahead, finished.
3: Brandon. Sorry, Brandon. Got yeah. It. So
7: he's so he's got these players really playing hard for him and, and, and executing for him in uh, a style of 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 analytics. So you know playing probabilities and and so and it works. But games are extremely close, and you need that uh, game changing player, which is Tom Brady. And so he was the draw for that team. So without that, without that offensive management, without that game changing player. He's left to um, play a very conservative style of defense that is just ineffective. And uh, he's struggling finding play callers. So, you know, it, it was definitely Tom Brady was the reason for that success. And I don't think Bill's going to find it again with his coaching style um, um, uh, uh, being such an asshole. And I like that. Uh, that is going to clash with ballers because ballers, one, are not going to do what they're coached to do. Most of the time, because they can make plays, they're going to want a shit ton of money, and it's going to be difficult for that for him to manage those type of personalities with his.
3: So I want to ask about the team you played for as well in Washington, the Commanders. I know that was somebody you. Last time we had you on the show, you were complaining about a lot of the things they did, and now the sale, the big record-setting sale. Josh Harris buys the team from Dan Snyder. Good what are your, riddance. What are your thoughts to that whole situation and just the fallout of Washington as a well? whole?
1: Ah,
7: you know, there's nothing to say about that. I mean there's <laughs> nothing more to say to add to that. You know, you know, you hope that they can to to move on and 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 hopefully they promote Eric Bienneme to head coach. Mm-hmm. Um because he's done he did wonders. Excuse me, he did wonders with that offense this year, and you can tell he's sorely missing Kansas City now. <laughs> um with uh, with the way his creativity the way he holds players accountable, just his personality. So hopefully he can get a good promotion there in Washington and the team can move on. You know, there's really not much to say that hasn't been said about uh, Snyder.
2: I agree with you, by the way. Snyder is just, uh, you know the scum of the earth, and he, do, he doesn't deserve to be an owner of an organization. And, and thank God Harris takes over. The guy knows what he's doing. He's owned a couple – he still owns a couple of, of professional sports teams. He owns the Devils. He owns the 76ers. And now, ladies and gentlemen, he owns the Washington Commanders. As everybody knows, we are talking to 12-year NFL wide receiver Brandon Lloyd. Brandon, you look at the playoffs now, it is so wide open. In the AFC, everybody thought that this was going to be – the, the best year when it comes to talent. And, and it really hasn't been. I mean... We we understand no. what the Ravens are, or the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's had a sensational – I think he's the MVP of the league, especially what he did against Miami the other day. Uh, sensational. He really has shown up after, you know, betting on himself in the offseason, his mom being his agent, uh, not, going for the, not going for the bait. He did not go for the bait. And I give, I give Lamar Jackson a lot of credit because of who he is, and he stands for a lot as a player, and he stands a lot – as a human. So I love what he stands for, for the Ravens. And, and, and honestly, everybody thought that the chiefs were going to have a sensational year, but again, going into the season, they had no wide receivers, Travis, Kelsey's getting old. He's becoming swifty. He's talking about retirement now, like his brother, Jason, it looks like, uh, the, the, it might be a new era when it comes to Kansas city. So What is going on in the AFC? I do think Buffalo could be dangerous. If they they, they can win the division and sneak into the playoffs the way they have been, and Josh Allen plays the way he has been playing, they could be dangerous. But what is it with the AFC this year? It's just been falling apart. These young young quarterbacks everybody thought was going to be great have fallen off, and they haven't been as good as everybody thought they were going to be. And all the offense last year has become defense this year. What is going on right now in the NFL?
7: <laughs> the um, and
2: also the injuries. I think that's also played a big factor mm-hmm. into it. It was like a
7: there's a record amount of backup quarterbacks that played this year. <laughs> with you know, fourteen or fifteen uh, starting quarterbacks injured uh, this this season. Yeah, and then um, the just the uh, there's definitely the the AFC the the AFC East and the AFC South that are like the most intriguing about this entire uh, playoffs. Where how the Miami Dolphins hold the number two seed, but they played Buffalo Bills. But if the Buff if Buffalo wins, they go all the way to the number two, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's wild. They go from six to two. <laughs> it's crazy uh, this weekend. It just it's just blowing me away. And then I think that um, you know the it's almost like the Miami Dolphins are kind of limping into the to the playoffs here, mm-hmm. and um, I you know. Obviously, I, I think Baltimore is, is is looking like the strongest team. I don't see Kansas City bouncing back from the the difficulties they have they having with just playmaking in general, and um, and obviously. I don't know how the hell Cleveland's hung on to what they what they
2: had and salvaged the Joe their, Flacco their baby,
3: that's <laughs> legend Joe Flacco
2: <laughs> Flackey, and he might win the Super Bowl again. Could you imagine him come out of no uh, retirement, sitting on his parents' you know uh, couch, his bed, and he's mommy, daddy, I'm I got a call from the Browns, and then he goes on another run and wins another Super Bowl, and you know maybe gets another hundred million dollars. I doubt that, but you know everyone will love it besides Jets right. fans. Hey, listen, we've seen it with uh, Nick Foles. <laughs> We saw it with Nick Foles, so why couldn't it happen? Why couldn't it happen? This defense yeah. is as good as any defense in the league. There's no question that it is. Yeah, and they've been that all
7: season, and that's mm-hmm. what's kept them in. That's what's kept them in it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I just think it's it's um it's a it's a fantastic playoff setup. I, and obviously, the, and then the Colts being in there, mm. like what is this all about? It's just <laughs> it's really um it, it's really blowing me away. Also.
2: It's the legend of the bus drivers, okay? (laughs) The Indianapolis Colts. And you know who drives a bus, Speedy? Do you know who I'm talking about? He's the starting quarterback right now. Mr. Minshew. Mr. Minshew, the bus driver, as he drives his bus to the arena every single day. And by the way, he sometimes lives in the bus, so... Uh, could you imagine Gardner, Gardner Minshew hanging out in a bus, drinking, you know, a couple of beers with his teammates? That that sounds like a good idea. I mean, I mean that mustache needs to go. That's for damn sure. <laughs> anyways, Brandon, before we let you go, who do you have going to the Super Bowl, my friends, and why?
7: I pick the San Francisco 49ers mm. and the Baltimore Ravens. Mm.
2: Who do you have winning?
7: I have the San Francisco 49ers winning.
3: Ooh. He's not going to go against his Niners. <laughs> Ooh.
7: Oh, look at him. Brandon yeah. Lloyd has but, the
2: San Francisco 49ers.
7: Mhm. I mean, it, it's a uh, again that that the, the the Eagles are limping into the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> uh looking looking very pedestrian. Um, I think the the Lions and the Cowboys are looking incredibly strong. Obviously, it's just like the that NFC East is Mm. You know, it's bizarre the way that's fin wrapping up. How the Cowboys can still win it. Oh. I don't know. Commanders may get in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. <Who> <laughs> you
2: know? it ridiculous. It is ridiculous.
7: It's been an awesome season. How many seven how many seven
2: know. win teams right now in the NFC that it's horrible? It is this is so I, this might be the most open year when it comes to Super Bowl and who could win the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, San Francisco could absolutely be knocked out. The Eagles can't be as bad as they are. But now you're hearing something's going on in the locker room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's going to happen over there? I, I mean, it it's funny. It, these guys, have, and you know, you've been in a locker room there's... You know, 50 some i 53 players in the locker room fighting for a spot, fighting to be the best player on the team and on the roster, and you don't know what's going on behind closed doors because – obviously, as good as this team was last year, everything's just fallen apart for that organization. They gave Jalen Hurts a lot of money. They went out. They had one of the best drafts. Everybody, oh, my God, they got all these Georgia Bulldogs. Look how good they are. And then all of a sudden, they just completely broke down. They lost against the Jets. I'm a Jet fan. I couldn't stop laughing when the Jets beat them. Okay, and, and by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs should have lost against the Jets, too, this year. And Zach Wilson. Could you imagine losing against Zach Wilson on a primetime game? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Ooh is right? I mean, disgusting. I, I can't stand watching this team. And I, I am a Jet fan. I am a Jet fan by heart. But every time... Before the show... Speedy almost made me laugh so much that I almost threw up. It actually came up and went down. My acid reflux almost came right out. And when I did that, that's the way I felt about the Jets this year. It looked like I was going to be happy. I was enjoying myself and enjoying the food. And then all of a sudden it came up and, and went back four down. Minutes, four minutes into the opening game. <laughs> oh, my God. For, don't, don't laugh. You, you, you see, this is what happens. The legend of the New York Jets. Four plays. Mm. four plays, four plays after my quarterback runs on the field, lights off, lights sharpening up in the air with the American flag and the national anthem comes out. He looked like Superman, Supergirl or whatever, Superwoman. OK, and he goes down like a ton of bricks. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for making my year so disgusting. Book look. Mm. Mm -hmm. it's like a dirty fart. I mean, seriously. Yeah. It seems seems
7: to me like the Eagles are playing more gingerly with Jalen hurts since they gave him the contract, Mm -hmm. which I understood, which I understood, you know, because he was so banged up at the end of the season last year that they would try to take some hits off of him. But now it's just kind of like, it's just so timid Mm. uh, out there with them. Um, so Maybe they can ramp it up Mm. going into the into the playoffs where it's kind of like, you know, go out there, ball out, leave it, let it all hang out, let it all leave it all on the field kind of attitude. Maybe they can do that, but it's still not going to fix their defense. Their defense is just struggling so, so
2: bad. It's just hard to look at. (laughs) The secondary is hard to look at. And by the way, watch out for the Lions. I'm telling you right now, watch out for that team. That team is dangerous. And Dan Campbell, I love the veins coming out of his neck. I like his his face turning red, screaming at the referee, screaming at his players. Looks like he's already ready to rip his skin right off his body. I mean, that guy... I, I, That's what I wanted to see Robert Sala. Instead, Robert Sala puts his head between his legs and takes a fart, okay? That's what I watch Robert Sala. He's farting, and he, he sits there and he be, what do you want me to do, throw the podium? I wanted you to do something. I mean, I can't sit here and watch this team week in and week out look as bad as you do, and you sit here and say, well, you know, our defense looked pretty good for three quarters, you idiots. I mean, serious. And by the way, Steve Weich, please, man, please. For you to tell me that Robert Solis should be a Coach of the Year candidate, what was it, six weeks ago? Yeah, Shame yeah. on you, okay? Shame on Ooh, you. You would come yeah, on this show, yeah. and you told me that. And by the way, I want to ask you a serious question before you we leave, okay? Because I had a, I, I, I attacked Steve Weich on this. I love Steve. Steve is a great guy. He's a great person, great human, all right? This guy told me that—I'm just going to say this very nicely— Philip Rivers is not a Hall of Famer. He says that Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Hall of Famers. Philip Rivers. And he also said that Matthew Stafford has a better chance of going to the Hall of Fame over Philip Rivers. And now, by the way, Philip Rivers has, uh, he's been in the top 10, top 5 in a lot of numbers in, in the NFL. All the numbers. And this guy has put up enough numbers to be in the Hall of Fame. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer?
7: No. Oh, come on, Brandon, Brandon. Well, the thing you, you mentioned about those other two quarterbacks is they do have Super Bowls. Yeah, so. but it takes
2: a team to win a Super I, Bowl, I, Brandon. It takes a team. You're going to blame him for that? That guy played on a torn ACL damn. all the way to the AFC title game. I mean, come on. You can't
7: blame I get it. I get it. All right,
2: Brandon. I'm yeah, gonna I I'm gonna give you credit because you played in the NFL. Okay, I never did. I never stepped foot. I did. By the way, I did step foot on the field, but I never played. You understand? I stepped on. You know, I I got to see the field. I never got a chance to catch a football on the field. I got to do play by play on the field for the Jets. I mean, I did do that, but that doesn't really stand for anything as a professional football player. But uh, Brandon, I am so. I am yeah, there. I'm I'm curious the argument for Philip Rivers in the, in the All right, argument. you want to hear my argument? I'm going to I'm going to be very nice and I then we're, I'm going to be very quick and on this. Philip Rivers might have never won a Super Bowl, but if you look at the numbers, and numbers mean everything when it comes to the NFL as they like to look at numbers, especially when you look at the board and and when it comes to voting, Philip Rivers has thrown more yards than Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. He has thrown more touchdowns than Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning. He's thrown a least amount of interceptions than Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning. I mean, if you go quarterback rating, I think he I think he has a higher quarterback rating, but than both of those guys, his numbers stand out. Now, I'm not saying he's an elite top five quarterback of all time. But if you if you compare the guys that he played with and, and were compared to in that draft, even Tony Romo or Tommy Toto, whatever the hell you call him, uh, he wasn't even drafted that year. He has better numbers than him, and people still think that Tony Romo's a borderline hauler, which he's not, by the way. That guy couldn't win a big game if he, if his life depended on it. Okay, He's very good at doing uh, the broadcasting. I mean, he, he'd probably go in as a broadcaster, but not as a football player. I I absolutely believe when you look at Philip Rivers and what he has done uh you know as a charger his numbers show that he is a Hall of Famer and it, and like I said it takes 50 50- 52 other players to help him out to win a Super Bowl. He didn't get that. LaDainian Tomlinson, when when they were as good as they were, he wasn't healthy that year. He didn't play healthy that year. They it, they always fell short. They had one of the better tight ends in the league. But the guy couldn't stay healthy at the tail end of his career when Phillip Rivers was playing at the top of his game. So, uh, yes, I, I do believe he's a Hall of Famer. I think his numbers would show that he is. I just feel that nobody's going to give him the credit because he never won a Super Bowl. So, that's my answer to
7: that. And, then, and so, how do you rank him with Marino? You, you, no! Oh, he he was, had a better career than marino no
2: nobody's had a better career than dan marino if dan marino played in these times dan marino would have like uh, 150,000 yards <laughs> he would have he would have like 900 touchdowns i mean dan marino was unbelievable those miami dolphin teams were horrible they were horrible and his offensive line oh. Oh my God! I wanted to throw up when he was playing. I mean, the Jets used to try to kill him when he was on the field, and he killed the Jets because guess what? When the Jets were had a chance to hit him, he for some reason the offensive line knew how to block. So I'm just so how would you how would you compare Philip Rivers to Dan
7: Marino for two quarterbacks who didn't um, win Super Bowls? Uh, or how would you how would how would you compare Philip Rivers to quarterbacks who are in the Hall of Fame who didn't win Super Bowls?
2: You know, I I I, I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if I look at Dan Marino, and I, I want to apologize, and, and Amos will, will get you on in just one second because I, I, have to, I have to prove, I got to prove my friend Brandon. You know, I have to argue these points, so I'm going to bring up Philip Rivers' numbers, and I'm going to bring up Dan Marino's numbers, and I'm going to explain yeah. to my yeah. friend over uh, here, Jim
7: Kelly, uh, Fouts, Warren Moon, mm-hmm. and Tarkenton.
2: Okay, all right, here we go. We got Dan Marino, and our friend over here, Philip Rivers. Okay, here it is. I got it right here. All right, Dan Marino played in 242 games, 216 AVs, 59.4 completion percentage, 61,361 yards, and 420 touchdowns. Ooh, I like this. Phillip Rivers has played in 244 games, 218 AVs, which is two more than Dan Marino, 64.9 Completion percentage, which is better than Dan Marino, sixty-three thousand four hundred and forty yards, better than Dan Marino, and four hundred and twenty-one touchdowns. The Dan Marino's four hundred and twenty. I'm gonna go with Phil. No, I'm just kidding. Phil Rivers is going in. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes, I'm right.
2: Give it to me. Give it to me, Brandon. Give it to me. I oh my God. God. You, win. you win. I like it. Philip Rivers <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. That's right. Like Steve it. Weich, eat your heart out.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I should be on the committee. <laughs> they tell me to get the hell out of there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh my God! I'm gonna have a heart Thanks attack. For having me on. Absolutely, <laughs> Brandon Lloyd. <laughs> Brandon Lloyd, ladies and gentlemen, we love him. <laughs> hey, listen, he could go home. Oh, he is home, but he could go home and say, "Man, that guy is out of his mind." <laughs> uh, we we appreciate you as always, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. We'll, we'll definitely reach out to you this year. And get you on. Uh, at the end of the season, because I'm sure the combine will be very interesting as the NFL likes to explode that every single year. So, anyways, <laughs> Brandon Lloyd, ladies and gentlemen, great football player. One of the better wide receivers. Been on our show quite a few times and, and great personality, by the way. Great personality. So, reach out to him if you you want to speak to Brandon Lloyd. He's open for suggestions and as he now knows, Dan Marino and Phillip Rivers are close together in numbers. As I, By the way, just so everybody knows philip river's if if dan marino played in the time philip river's played when the game was changed dan marino's numbers would be so much better it's not even it's not even close but philip hey listen they're close together thank you brandon so long brandon lloyd and now uh, a guy that's been waiting to come on. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, he's been very calm, collective, pitcher, ready for the new season as the Nationals, yes, the Nashineals are ready to play some baseball. When we come back, we will be talking to Washington Nationals relief pitcher, Amos Willingham, here on the Sports Loudmouth.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Oh,
5: Speedy's
2: bringing it back. A little rock and roll. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You're listening to the Sports Loud I am the Loud As you know, I'm Errol Arnick. my co-host, Speedy. Petey, go to a website... At www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loud Mouth, which airs every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. To tune in, all you have to do is go to www.worldwidesportsradio.com and check out the local listings, all the guests that we have, all the craziness as we and me and Speedy Petey. Our show has been up as its own identity on Apple Podcasts for the last two months, over 42,000 downloads. Shout out to all the fans that... Have been giving us a little bit of a listen as, uh, you know, Speedy, uh, there's a lot of listening. A lot of listening for you, Speedy, right? Sure. Are you listening? Of course. Are you listening 42,000 times? Are you the fan? Are you the fan downloading 42,000 times? No, it's not you. Well, it's somebody because, I don't know, 42,000 sounds like a lot. How about you? How about you, Scoops? Have you been listening 42,000 times? 42, you're the one that's been, I knew it. See, I, I. it wasn't everybody. So that means you were over there in Germany, you're over there in Berlin, and all that other stuff where the maps tell us. I mean, man, you're all over the place, man. You really are. Anyways, I, I thank you to Brandon Lloyd as I, I proved him wrong, as I did to Steve Weich. Eat your heart out, Steve. Anyways, uh, for the first time on our show, we're very happy to have him on. We are now talking to Washington Nationals relief pitcher, Amos Willingham. Clap, Speedy, clap. There you go,
8: guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Oh, we're happy to have you on, Amos. And by the way, before we get into it, uh, how did you get your name, Amos? Because I have my name is Errol, and everybody says, Well, where did you get your name? It's unique. I said, Errol Flynn. I'm in like Flynn, baby. That's my (laughs) life. Uh, my name, it's been a family name,
8: at least going back to my great grandfather. I don't know anything further than that, but my great grandfather's name was Amos and then it kind of has just been passed down through the generations. Mm. Um, my dad's name is Amos, but we have different middle names, mm-hmm. so I'm not technically a junior. Mm. Um, but it's been in the family for, you know, like 100 years now. So
2: so your son's going to be Amos, right?
8: I don't know. I think I might sneak it in as a middle name. <laughs> I don't know. We'll
3: see. By the way, I want to ask, are you related to Josh Willingham, that's my ex- florida Marlins. I'm not, okay. because
8: I played in D.C., uh, Josh played for the Nats for a while, and so I got
2: that question a lot okay. while I was in D.C., but mm-hmm. no, no relation. Mm-hmm. Now, Amos, obviously, you look at the league, and, and pitching is at a bare, you know, you have to be a great pitcher, and, and you're a right-handed pitcher. Everybody wants those lefties. What What is the difference to why everybody and why all these executives would rather left-handed pitchers over right-handed pitchers? Is there a reason why?
8: Uh, Just, you know... Being a lefty, it's a little bit unique still. I mean, what like 14% of the population is left-handed. So, you know, when you can find a guy that throws 96 from the left side, it's, you know, a lot different than – for every one lefty that throws 96, there's 20 righties that throw 96. So, um, finding those guys, it's a little bit like finding a diamond in the rough. You know, every time you get one, it's it's pretty special. Um, But – Especially, you know, there's just so many big left-handed bats in the league right now. Uh, I mean, just, you know, Harper, Otani, Freddie Freeman, you know, and they see righties all the time. And so if you can throw a lefty at them, it kind of gives you a little bit of an advantage. You know, those dudes are going to hit regardless, Mm. but. It's better than just seeing stock righties over and over.
3: (laughs) So, what was it like coming coming up into the major leagues? This was your first year in the major leagues. What did that moment feel like for you entering the big leagues?
8: Yeah, it was. uh, I kind of people asked me if I was nervous, and the answer is, I you know I don't really know. I don't remember Um, because there was just so many emotions going on. Everything was just going so fast, and um, you know, I started last season in Double A was only spent a month in double a went to triple a for a little over a month and then i was in the big leagues so it just the timeline happened really fast and then you know next thing i know i'm on a plane headed to seattle and um you know there for a couple days and they finally call my name and uh you just get just it's just a a rush of adrenaline and like happiness and um you kind of it's like your dreams are coming true and then at the same time it's a realization that like this is about to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life at the same time um you know it's on the biggest stage that there is for baseball um and so it's it's just everything is going 100 miles an hour trying to wrap your brain around it um but I did make sure when I got out to the mound for the first time, you know, I I took a second and kind of looked around the stadium, took all the sights and sounds in, kind of like a mental snapshot of it. um, And then, you know, let whatever happened happen.
2: As everybody knows, we are talking to Washington Nationals relief pitcher Amos Willingham. You know it's so hard to go up. You, you go from single A, to double A, triple A, and it, it usually takes a while to get over there from triple A to the majors. For some reason, you could sit in triple A your rest of your career and never step foot on a major league, so, uh, you know, a diamond. When you yeah. look at you look at some of the great pitchers that you've pitched against or even pitched with in the minor leagues, what? What stood out to you in the three, four, five years in the minor leagues that got you to the major leagues from all the other pitchers that you've seen in, in the minor leagues?
8: Yeah, my big thing my whole life, my dad, you know, was, he was really big on it when I was little. It's just, you know, throwing strikes, attacking the zone, going after hitters. Um, I think mental makeup is, you know, probably the biggest reason why. Anybody makes it to the big leagues. Um, you know, you gotta be mentally tough and you know, when you get to the big leagues and the higher levels, you're facing the best players in the world. And, you know, it's a it's a battle. You know, it's not it's not like football or hockey where, you know, it's a physical one on one battle, but you know, it's you know, it's one on one. It's man versus man and you gotta bring your best and they're gonna bring their best. And the guys that can handle that at the highest levels are the ones that move up. Um, and then obviously, you know, when you get to double-A, AA, triple-A, everybody's got good enough stuff to pitch in the big leagues. It's just how consistent are you going to be, and are you going
3: to be able to handle the, you know, the mental workload that you're going to be under. So one of the big changes this year in MLB was the pitch clock. I know you being in the minor leagues before that experimented with that kind of thing, probably more before some of the veteran pitchers did. So where do you stand on that and, Was it easy to adjust right away when you came up in the majors?
8: Yeah, so I'm personally a big fan of the pitch clock. Um, You know, I've always been a guy that likes to work fast. And then um, my first full season in the minors, um, I kind of – there was no pitch clock. And the other teams, the hitters, were able to use that against me, you know, because I'm trying to go fast and, you know, get the ball back, throw it as quick as possible. And you know the other guys in the box, you know they're calling time every pitch. They're, you know, knocking their spikes off. They're tying their shoe, just stalling. Um, I didn't handle it very well. I think if you go back, my uh, ERA from high in 2021 is like a 14. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was <laughs> a rough rough month or so. Um, but the the pitch clock, I'm a big fan of. And then the, the rule is you have to be in the box alert to the pitcher with eight seconds left on the clock. And so, um, that's what I, I'm trying to throw the pitch with eight seconds on the clock. Hmm. So like nobody on, you get 15 seconds. So, you know, I get the ball back. I'm trying to be ready to throw my next pitch in seven seconds. Wow. And, um, I think it helps me kind of stay in more of a rhythm, um, He doesn't, you know. You got to think a little bit out there, but for me, I'm an overthinker, and so the more time I think, the you know, the more kind of more negative thoughts are going to creep in. So if I can just go, 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 then you know that's that's the way I like to pitch. So I I love the pitch clock. I know some people aren't a big fan of it, but I think overall it's been good for the game, and I think it's it's moving the game back in the in a better direction than it was previously.
2: Amos, you you look at the league, and obviously there are so many good pitchers in the league. And you you you've been called up, and and there are a lot of pitchers being compared to one pitcher to the other. With your release point, is there a particular pitcher in the league right now? Would you compare your release point, uh, you know, to and and what kind of pitcher are you compared to right now in the major leagues? Um, you
8: know, there's there is so many guys that are in the big leagues. It's hard to, and only so many guys are going to be, you know, the stars, especially of the bullpen, you know, every, every team's going to have a closer, only really the playoff teams or, you know, the teams that are in the hunt are going to have, you know, a a closer that is going to draw attention, you know, like the Josh haters and the Kimbrels, and, you know, how Chapman used to be back with the, the Cubs and the Yankees. and, Um, so there's just, there's not enough like name recognition. Um, and then, so I, there's a couple guys i I don't like, I don't even know their names. That's how (laughs) few and far between they are. Um, but you know, our analytic guys will, will show some comparisons to dudes that have success with, you know, kind of the, my same repertoire and release point and all that. But the big thing is is just kind of dialing in what you do and not really looking as much into what the other guys are doing. You know, if this guy's kind of similar to you but not exactly and you kind of go down his path, it might take you away from what you're already doing well. My style of pitching is, you know, I'm a mid- to upper 90s fastball with ride at the top of the zone. Unfortunately for me, the big league hitters are, you know, a little bit better at hitting that stuff than the minor league guys are. So um, this off season, I kind of I'm making some adjustments, working on the off speed stuff, working on the slider a little bit and, uh, you know, hopefully have some more success next year.
2: You know what we should do? We should tie Speedy to a tree and then have you, you use his body as like, a, you know, aim claw, you know, aim, you know, aimer, you know, you put like yeah. a, you put like a dart board on his face and, you know. We'll put a mask there and just keep throwing at them and you know, get your 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 release point perfect, yeah. and we're ready to go. Speedy, how about you know, in the private area?
3: You, I'm sure there's some technology that would avoid avoid that kind of. I thing think from you would be great, still. You'd be a great, be baseball more dummy.
2: You'd be a great, a great baseball dummy. We get I, some catcher gear on you, and you'll be good to go. Oh my god, you you kill him. Do you know how much this guy weighs? I mean, he, he weighs like 140 pounds soaking wet. If he, if he stands behind and gets one, takes one of your fastballs, what do you throw, 95, 96? Uh, he'll, yeah. he'll probably fly in the stands. I mean, serious. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Where
3: is he? Where is he? <laughs> He's in the dugout. <laughs> I would hope that's not the case. That would be a wild pitch. I don't want to encourage Amos to throw wild pitches. Come on.
2: <laughs> Hey, listen. This kid is twenty five years old. He was two and two this year. His ERA was what four point eight six, right? I think in the majors was it a little oh. higher than that? Oh, okay. Well, hold on. I'm gonna. I got it right here. Hold on. Six point six six. Am I right? Yeah.
3: What a number that is, huh?
2: You know what it is, Demetrius Case. You know Austin three sixteen, baby. Austin three sixteen. Yeah. You know if if you just got close to that 316, we would say you're, you're right there. But I listen, I, I, I think you're going to have a good year. And by the way, our friend Charlie Slows is the voice of the Nationals. I know you know Charlie. Charlie's a, yeah. is a good dude, and he's a, he's a friend of the show. And I just want to let you know, Charlie likes you. So if Charlie That's likes good. you, if Charlie likes you, th- this is all good. He is the magician. That's, he is I, the man I, of a thousand words. I need as many fans as I can get right now. So well, you got I me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do you. I'm going to do you a favor. I am going to get your jersey. I'm going to take a picture. Speedy, you hear this? I'm going to take a picture of Amos Willingham's name on the back of my jersey, and because of that, you're going to have good luck this year. I will keep the jersey away from Speedy. He's bad luck. Okay, bad luck, and uh, we'll keep it away from him. And then we will be champions this year. I will. Right. I, I I say you pitch. I think you're five and zero this year. Uh, you have, you know, you, you pitch. I would say you have six or seven saves this year, and your ERA is four point five three. There you go. All right, I'll take it. Those are those are solid numbers. You know, well, I'll I'm take a solid. I'm a solid guy, man. I'm a solid guy. Yeah. So I'm just trying to help you here. I mean, yeah. I mean, this isn't a dream, man. I have the power. <laughs> I have the power. I have the power. I don't need to touch you. This is not church. like You know, and how they yeah. touch you in the head and you fall over and you start shaking and stuff like I don't do that stuff, okay? I, I have the real power. All I got to do is wear the jersey and great luck comes to you. So... You
8: have telekinesis. You can
2: do <laughs> I don't have that, and if I did, I wouldn't be here. Okay, that's for sure. <laughs> or <laughs> so, you would
8: be. You're trying to use it as a as
3: a cover up.
2: Well, you know what? There's a lot of things I cover up. It's just not going to be that.
3: No, if, <laughs> if, if if Errol had telekinesis, he would try to move the pitches of the opposing teams against the Yankees so they could hit better. <laughs> what are you talking? about?
2: I, I, you know what it is? Is everybody says I'm a Yankee guy? Okay, I'm a Yankee fan. I. Mm-hmm. But I, I attacked the Yankees. I I've, I was at the Yankee game when the, the Yankee fans were attacking Soto, and I told the Yankee fans over there in the Bleacher Creatures, and I told everybody, you're booing this guy, and he could be a Yankee next year. They looked at me and said, oh, yeah, how that's, how's that going to happen? And what happens? He becomes a Yankee in the offseason. So I I got to go there next year, right there in the Bleacher Creatures, and give them a the finger. I told you. I told you so, you morons. Yes, because the odds of that coming out as
3: the same exact people are going to be very improbable.
2: <laughs> I could do my shimmy shake and say I was right, Philip Rivers. I was right about Would that.
3: Would you wear your Willingham Nats jersey into the
8: bleachers at Yankee Stadium?
2: I'll Ooh. tell you what, man. I'll tell you what. I will do that for you. When the then when the Nats, you get me to the game, okay? You, you get me a game right. tickets to the National. I'm a Yankee fan, but for you, yeah, I am gonna go to the bleacher creatures with my Amos Willingham jersey. And your number, and I'm gonna stand there to the bleacher creatures. I'm gonna turn my back and I'm gonna put my th- thumbs up <laughs> saying, F you, you bastards. And I'm gonna say, I am a Yankee, I am a Yankee fan, I will wear a Yankee hat. But for you, I'm gonna say, That's why. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Amos Willingham. And then they're gonna all look at me and say, Who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but exactly. you know what? I don't care what they think. You know why? Yeah. You know why? Because they don't have to know. I just have to know. And that's what makes yeah. Mr. Willingham so special. There you go. I, I you got a new fan, that. but that's you have awesome. a new fan. So if if you get us to the game, I promise you, I will have a jersey with your name on it. I promise you, I will be out there giving all the Yankee fans, including myself, when I look in the mirror, a big middle finger. <laughs> so there you go. I'm I'm yeah. now a national. I'm partially a quarter of a national fan because of you. There you go. Okay.
8: that's That's great.
2: And if you win a Cy Young, you have to give me credit, okay?
8: Oh, I, if I win a Cy Young as a relief pitcher, that's gonna that might be, you know, the biggest sports story. Hey, in Jabba the year. Chamberlain
2: almost did. <laughs> 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 well, we did have Jabba on the show, and man, oh man, that beard has to go, you know. <laughs> I mean, but we love Jabba. Jabba was fantastic. Hey, yeah. he was paid for the Nationals. The Nationals were kings of having great beards. That's so. true. That's true.
8: Yeah, Jake Worth. What a beard that guy
2: had. Oh my god. Jason Worth, man. I've heard he he had this mean streak to him too, man. I mean, he can hit a ball and probably hit you at the same time and hit you into that second level, you know, if he did sure. collide with you. So, I, I mean, I like Jason Worth. I, I love that beard too, by the way. He, he, he probably hit a lot of different foods in there too. So, anyways,
8: oh, he probably like hide some lifesavers or something. Oh. I like <laughs> lifesavers, by the way.
2: I, now
3: yeah. I don't want to eat them anymore. If Jason Worth had them in his beard, yeah. What are the odds? Uh, baseball players eat sunflower seeds. What are the odds some were stashed in there? Well, <laughs> yeah, he probably just had a whole pack just in there. Baseball players them. just usually put them in their pockets. Nope. I stash them in my beard. <laughs> By the way,
2: everybody, we are talking to Washington Nationals relief pitcher Amos Willingham. By the way, I love I I've, I've had this like this thing about uh, pistachios over the last couple of weeks. I mean, I'm like addicted to them. It's like a drug yeah. to me. And and now they have these pistachios without the shells. So you can buy them without the shells. So I grab them like seeds, sunflower seeds, and I just throw them in my mouth like I'm a baseball player and I just Don't chew on them. They get stuck in my teeth and all over. And the other day, I I ate too many of them. I almost choked on one of them. So I I just want to let you guys know. Pistachios are
8: a a money bullpen snack. When Mm. you're out there, you're kind of just waiting for Mm. something to do. You just get a bunch of pistachios, start cracking them open.
2: You don't even have to eat them. You just crack them open, throw them wherever. Put them in a cup, throw them away. (laughs) The only problem with pistachios, and I just want to let everybody know do not kiss your girlfriend after that. Okay. It stinks like horse crap. And then when they smell your breath, they're like, go brush your teeth, go wash your mouth, do something, because it sounds, it smells like horse crap. So I, I just want to let everybody know, if you're hanging out with a chick, or you're hanging out with a girl, or whatever you do in your, your private life, Speedy, I don't know what you do, or who you're hanging out with, do not do it in front of anybody, okay? Just so you know. My yeah. opinion, you you? Speedy just—you know—Speedy just sits there. And and just so you know, Speedy, I, I asked Speedy, "Would you put cottage cheese in your tuna fish?" And he told oh, me. What did you say, Speedy? And you're
3: back to this nonsense. Uh, Jeff, tell them what you said. I I don't know. I might. I don't know.
1: <laughs>
3: I don't.
8: I wouldn't eat cottage cheese with anything, much less tuna fish. I mean, that's that's unbelievable.
3: It's not e- either of my favorite things, but I, again, I don't think it would be like the worst thing together. Like I don't love either thing either. But
8: I'm not a by itself would be enough for me to just say
2: no. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We could call yeah. him. Don't call him Speedy Animal. Anyway. Call him Gilligan.
8: <laughs> hey, I wanted, you guys were talking mm-hmm. uh, to Brandon, Brandon about, you know, the uh, the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and quarterback without a Super Bowl that didn't get brought up that I was waiting for mm-hmm. was my boy Matt Ice. Falcons
3: nice.
8: fan? What do you got? You think he's a Hall of Famer? Oh yeah, he's. A Hall I Hall think Hall of he should yeah. be. Yeah.
3: I, again, it's going to be tough to tell if the committee will actually put him in because they're very—they're not as stingy as baseball, but they can be tough in terms of like letting like top-notch players in. As it is, like Brian Dawkins, who's one of the best safeties we've seen recently. Like it took him like five tries to get in, and he like Matt Ryan—he's a great quarterback. I wouldn't say he's like top three of that generation though, so it might be harder for somebody like him to on. Get, let's, get in. Let's, let's Are you a Falcons fan, Amos? Yeah, big. unfortunately a big Falcons fan.
2: Uh, Matty Ice so, is yeah. a Hall of Famer. I'm looking at his numbers right now. 234 games, 210 A.V., completion percentage 65.6, which is higher than Dan Marino, right there with Phillip Rivers, 62,792 yards, right there with Philip Rivers and Dan Marino. 381 touchdowns, He uh, Dan Marino at 420, Philip Rivers at 421. Dan Marino is a Hall of I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame. He's not a first ballot. He won't be a second ballot. He'll be he'll be on one of the ballots probably at the age of like, you know, 60, you know, 50. He's going to be on the ballot a couple of times and people are going to forget about it. But one way or another, Matt Ryan's very liked. Nobody hate him. Look, look at Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was on his way to be a Hall of Famer. And because of all these things yeah. that have happened over the last couple of weeks and, and months and years, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no way the committee is going to vote him in. I mean, his Hall of Fame is Ciara, okay? Her shaking her rear end and doing her dances and wearing those skimpy little clothes. That's what my Hall of Fame is. I mean, just looking at that ass every single day. That's my trophy, baby. That's my Heisman. That's my Super Bowl. Screw the Super Bowl ring. Ciara, why don't you just bang that ass around a little bit? Yeah, I mean, he's doing (laughs) Uh, something right. may uh, not be Hall of Famer. We all know who the women in that relationship is. The woman. yeah, That's definitely (laughs) Russ, I mean. That woman, you know, all she has to do is shake that tushy. My eyes will just go, boing! You know, I'll be like the mask, the guy from Jim Carrey. Maybe
3: you know? <laughs> Jim Carrey. But anyways, go ahead, Speed. I was going to ask about the uh, National League East, being you playing in. It. It's been one of the better divisions in baseball recently. My New York Mets underperformed this year, but they had three other playoff teams. So what was it like facing some of those, uh, some of those hitters, and what were some of those rivalries like?
8: Yeah, so I got to – I didn't get to face the Braves or – well, I guess I faced the Marlins once. Um, but – You know, the Phillies, I faced the Phillies twice in Philadelphia and for a rookie without and that was my second game ever was in Philadelphia and it was tough. The bank is, the bank is hostile, that's for sure. Mm. So, um, and then, you know, the Phillies, great team, really can't believe they missed out on the World Series this year. Um, but the first Philly I faced, you know, they called down the bullpen and say, get get Willingham ready for Schwarber and, you know, it's my second game ever. And, you know, I was just sitting there like, okay, whoa, that like that's different. You know, I'm getting ready to face Kyle Schwarber instead of, you know, some guy from the Somerset Patriots or, you know, whatever minor league team I'm, I'm facing that day. Um, but the Phillies, great team, great atmosphere in the bank. Um, tough place to play. Uh, tough lineup to face. But, you know, that first series we were there, we actually took two out of three from them. Um, definitely ignore the game that ended up like 23-2 to two for a final because uh, we won the other two. So, um, And then the Mets, by the time I faced the Mets, they kind of already sold um, or at least, you know, committed to selling. I think Verlander actually pitched his last game against us with the Mets. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool to just to to be there and, and see, you know, Verlander, obviously a Hall of Fame pitcher. Um, so to see him up close and, and be in – I actually pitched in that game also. Um, um, and then the Marlins – the Marlins were just such a weird team because they didn't really have anybody that's, you know, a, a star really. Um, you know, Luis had he – hit 450 or whatever he did for the first few months of the season. Um, But not really a lineup where you just look at the lineup card and you're just like, you know, these dudes are stacked. But um, really just a solid team. They played, you know, just situational baseball. They got hits when they needed to. They were tough outs. And then um, pretty nasty bullpen also. But kind of upset. I missed out on a Braves series by a week they actually finished the season in Atlanta. Um, so that would have been cool because I'm from Georgia. It would have been cool to, to play, you know, in what is essentially my hometown. Uh, would have been a lot of family and friends out there. So hoping I'm I'm going to get to go to Atlanta next year. And, uh, you know, I think the Braves definitely have a, a, a great atmosphere. Um, you know, they've got – that's the lineup where you look at it and you're like, all right, this is stacked. Um, you know, you got Acuna and – and Olson that hit like fifty-five homers each or whatever it was. Um but the NL East, yeah, it's tough. And it's a good a good competition to see where we are. And the Nats are, you know, in a rebuilding phase and I think we're kinda on the we're on the way out of the rebuilding and we're getting ready to compete. Um, you know, last year we had just a ton of young guys, a lot of young talent. CJ Abrams, um and he's like 21, 22, but that dude is gonna be—he's gonna be a top-tier shortstop in the league soon. That's—I uh, think that's gonna happen for sure.
2: We are talking to Washington Nationals relief pitcher Amos Willingham. I just want to let you know, uh, all you got to do is reach out to the Nationals organization and tell them to hire me as the GM. And we're talking about a World Series championship in two years, man. I—I am—I have that ability. I know what I'm doing, okay? I can go out there and find the youngsters and tell you how to build a team. I am the king. Man, look at Speedy. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Look how sexy he is. All I got to do is put him on the field. He'll scare everybody off the field, and we'll win championships.
3: Right, Speedy? You would not want me on a baseball field. Why not? I mean, I wouldn't want (laughs) it. The Nationals are trying to play good defense and good hitting. Well, what would we call you? you, you, The absolute liability.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll call you the mascot. You could be the mascot. I'm well, well, sure, they have a mascot. Can we call you
3: just like they the, have a mascot already? The speed wheeler. We'll call you speed wheeler. All right. Yeah, I'll compromise. I will compromise. I'll participate in some president's races.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go. He'll lose. I didn't say I would win. <laughs> I said I would participate. Hey, we have
8: the uh we still have the bullpen cart, so you could you could be the bullpen cart. No, just you don't you want, want you
3: time. don't want me getting involved <laughs> with that either. What I'll what I'll do is I don't know if you know the backstory with the uh the president's race in the mid 2010s with the the Nationals like they had a whole ongoing joke about Teddy Roosevelt never winning and then they finally broke it out uh, during I think it was during the World Series year or one of the playoff series they finally broke it out hey finally won one <laughs> Maybe I'll do that kind of thing with uh one of the other presidents. But listen, Amos yeah. just
2: he just needs to go to the Yankees. He need to put him in some pinstripes. Brian Cashman needs to open up his eyes and add some good youngsters and, and you know, Amos will be, you know, he'll have a two ERA, he'll have a whip onto one. I mean, we're we're talking about all star material over here.
8: If I do that in Yankee Stadium, you mm. know, I might win the Cy Young.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. I mean I
8: mean Yankee Stadium's like it's it's small.
2: Mm. Yeah, it is. I, listen, I've stepped on the field, not as a player, as whatever you want to call me. But, you know, I wanted to pretend that I could hit home runs in Yankee Stadium. So I, I yeah. just had I, I stood there at the plate and I just closed my eyes and I said, today I'm Babe Ruth. And then I opened my eyes and then I realized that I don't have a chance in hell to be Babe Ruth. You realize it was the reverse <laughs> of the Sandlot and you woke up. <laughs> maybe maybe I have a better chance at being the bull boy. <laughs>
8: <laughs> hey, that's hard work. That's a lot of
2: running. Boy out. does it is. boy, boy yeah. does it boy that does that actually mean that I could actually go running for a ball. And by the way, I had hip surgery. I probably break my hip by the time I try to go after that ball. So, anyways, Amos, uh, we really appreciate your time, as always. You're fantastic. Um, we definitely want to get you on the show again. I want you to stay in the majors, and, I, and I'm telling you, you go to Yankee Stadium this year, you reach out to – we'll have you on before that. But if right. you go to Yankee Stadium, you get us nice tickets, Let, put us right there to, with next to the Nationals – you know, right there, right, right there, right. right to to the dugout, and and I will wear my Amos Willingham jersey. I'm telling you, I'm gonna get it. You think I'm kidding? I will go out <laughs> believe- there. You you really you you don't know me. Maybe but- our maybe Charlie slows has one. <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'm gonna get you one. I'm, I'm gonna get one. we me and Speedy are gonna go and scoops. We'll have him. All three of us are going to wear an Amos Willingham jersey. And we're going to sit out there backwards with your name and your jersey right in front of us. And I'm going to tell them, that's right, you bastards. That's right, you pieces of garbage. Amos Willingham. And then you're going to go out there and even though I'm a Yankee fan, I'm going to root for you. You're going to strike out the side and I'm going to tell you Amos Willingham. I'm going to walk out there with a, you know, smile on my face, and everybody telling, uh, telling everybody, go f yourselves. I am Amos Willingham's biggest fan, and I'll actually root for the Nationals because I'm not going to root
3: for the Yankees.
2: (laughs) Well, Speedy has a finger up his ass or something. No, I don't. You do. It's it's seeking, you know, it's way out of it. Okay. And by the way, all the Philadelphia fans. I know you like Philadelphia. It's great. It's wonderful. Those those fans like to eat horse crap when they win championships. Stay away from them. I mean, seriously, yeah, so, uh, I mean, their uh their ways of having fun is not what you call fun.
8: The Philly kids were brutal mm. out by the bullpen. Mm. I mean, you have 9-year-old kids just like shooting us birds, you know. Yeah. Lots of <laughs> lots Sounds of stuff. <laughs> so, Sounds fun. uh and then the you know the best part is They'd do that, and then they'd run over to their parents, and their parents just have the biggest grin on their face ever.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds accurate for Philadelphia sports. Yeah, Uh, I love them.
8: Yeah, but it is. I mean, it's it's great. It's a great experience, and you know, wouldn't want to be doing anything else.
2: Well, uh, we don't want to do anything else either. So uh, we're happy to have you on, as always. Uh, Keep up the good work. We we will be in touch. Speedy will be in touch with you. And I'm telling you, you go into Yankee Stadium, you're up there. I'm going to wear my Amos Willingham jersey. So are all of us. I'm buying us all jerseys of Amos <laughs> Willingham. I'm telling you. You are, mark my words. Right. I'm a man of my You're, word. You'll have the only three Willingham jerseys outside of my hometown. So. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna buy ten jerseys. I'm gonna give them away for free. Okay? Yeah. You think I, I know where to get jerseys? I might, might have to pay people to take them. No, back. no, no! I'll have you sign them before the game. I'd be more worried that the Yankee <laughs> fans not start ripping them for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna see Soto out in the outfield. I'm gonna have my jersey. <laughs> Amos Willingham, you little bastard! <laughs> Anyways, Amos, keep up the good work. We're going to talk to you soon, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Amos Willingham, I'm telling you, I'm going to wear a jersey. Scoops, you're wearing a jersey. Speedy, you're wearing a jersey. We're going to Yankee Stadium. When the Nationals are playing, and by the way, Charlie's a friend of ours. Charlie will be there. We'll visit Charlie. You know, I'll buy Charlie an Amos Willingham (laughs) jersey too. Charlie better wear one. Charlie, you hear me? I know you're listening to the show. I know he's listening to the show. I spoke to him. Well, I didn't speak to him early, but I I sent it out to him so he knows that Amos is going to be on. So he knows Amos. So Charlie, if you're listening right now, my friend, Amos Willingham. That's all I'm going to say. It's been great. (laughs) Brandon Lloyd and Amos Willingham. I mean, Amos, Errol. I mean, I mean, we're long lost brothers. Scoops. I. I mean, we 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 both have unique names. Uh, and you know, I mean,
8: I... this is just a podcast of of names right here. Mm.
2: You know what it is? It's not a podcast, but hey,
8: it becomes it's a podcast radio, it's a radio show.
2: Yes, I'm, and listen, Amos, it's it's fine. Don't, you don't have to.
8: I'm Gen Z. You know, we don't listen to the radio. It's
7: all <laughs> podcast.
2: Well... Listen, man, uh, I I feel bad for you, but uh, after the show, it does become a podcast, so if you feel like you want to hear yourself speak, you can listen to the replay of the show as a podcast. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I love this guy.
3: You could be one of, you could be one, you could download the show 42 times, 42,000 times to catch up to scoops.
8: (laughs) Yeah, don't fuck you guys, it was actually me that's downloading all this shit.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm not a mathematical guy, so <laughs> if if you if you you want me to speak about analytics, I am horrible at it. Speedy's better at it. So if you if you want to hide or Speedy to give you some analytics that we've never heard of, as we've heard of WAR and all these other ridiculous number, you know, equations that they have now for the MLB. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll name our own. We'll call it OAR. Okay, Speedy OAR. You know what that means? It's a band. Exactly. That's the whole point. So every time we hear of OAR, we listen to the music. Right, Speedy? Sure. You like OAR? I don't know how that correlates to baseball stats, but okay. Shut up, Speedy. I'm just trying to help here. Anyways, Amos, we really appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Amos Willingham. So, Speedy, are you ready to do our picks? I think so. He's fantastic. I, uh, yeah. He's fantastic. Well, what's wrong with you, Speedy? Have you lost? I Have you lost it?
3: I'm about to. Who knows at this point?
2: Right, what, what happened to OAR? You You want to hear OAR? I didn't say that. What If I want to create an analytic called OAR, what would be? I don't know. Submit it to people who create those stats.
3: <laughs> I didn't create the stats. <laughs> <laughs> You want to take it up with a bunch of baseball mathematicians and do that? Go ahead. We're going to
2: call it OAR. If you
3: want to submit that as an official stat, do you even have an abbreviation for what it would mean yet? Not yet, but I will. I'll figure it out. Okay. (laughs) You're going to create an official baseball stat and not even know what it means, Chad. Uh, Well, (laughs) Uh, let me see.
2: Uh, Off. Off. Apple
3: run, <laughs> off Apple run. Okay, oh, off Apple run. <laughs> you like that? I, l- I like it more to depict th- this way. Let's let's convert it to ha- that's what- like like a football
2: term. You yeah, know, I was like gonna a- say
3: off, off Apple run, off Apple run, off Apple off, run. off <laughs> Apple run <laughs> is just simply in football terms when any receiver burns Eli Apple, <laughs> off <laughs> Apple run, off Apple run. You know,
2: hi 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 hi.
3: You see these guys doing like stupid it. things. <laughs> I like it. I just call it, when Eli Apple gets burnt by a wide receiver. (laughs) Oh, how wonderful. Aren't we uh, appling out? Here we go. All right, let's go to some football. Saturday night has uh, two games. Starting with the Steelers and the Ravens mm. in Baltimore. Steelers are favored by four and a half in this one. Mm. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one. The Ravens have a lot of depth that is going to be tested in this game because they're playing a lot of backups. But, again, I just don't know if I can trust the Steelers offense still, even with the Ravens' backup defense on the field. The Ravens have a very deep defense, so I think this will be closer than people think. I think the Steelers will pull it out, but I do think that – don't be surprised if this is a tight game right down on the wire because we've seen the Steelers fall apart at the end of the season sometimes. Ah, I'm going with Pittsburgh, baby. Pittsburgh, winning record.
2: Tomlin again, baby. Baltimore not playing. All their starters, Lamar not playing. Andrews won't be back until the playoffs. We don't see any of these guys. Odell, Beckham, Flowers. That's why I think Pittsburgh's going to win. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, who the hell is going to be playing for Baltimore in the final game of the week. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers on the money.
3: All right, the Texans and the Colts. The other 8-15 game. I'm going to take the Colts in this one. Uh, They're at home. I think they've been very well coached. And finally, you're seeing their defense get a lot better. They struggled against the Bengals. But this second half of the season, they played very well. Gardner Minshew, like you're saying, finding his own. And Jonathan Taylor, now finding his own. Give me the Colts.
2: I want to see the Texans win. If the Texans win, there's a chance of the playoffs. Uh, If the Colts win and the Texans lose, they're out of the playoffs. I want to see C.J. Stroud show everybody up as he's done all season long. He's fallen out of the uh, MVP, a.k.a. Championship quarterback of the year, but he is—I believe—he's rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. He's been sensational.
3: Uh, give me Houston on the money line. All right, the Buccaneers and the Panthers. I think we're all on Tampa on this one. Yes, we are. Uh, that would be really bad if they were able to lose that one. All right, the the Browns and the Bengals. I think really, we know where we're going. Yeah, the with br- this. Browns on this one. I don't think it's meaningless for both games. Mm-hmm. Vikings and the Lions. The I, Lions, baby. I got oh, the Lions yeah. as well. I, well. These games are too easy. Yeah, it's Jets and the Patriots. I got the Patriots,
2: and I think it'll be a blowout. <laughs> I think it's going to be the Patriots, too. And by the way, for all the Jet fans that sit there and believe the Jets are going to win, if the Jets win, I am breaking this computer right in front of everybody on national radio. So, if the Jets win the game and they put themselves in a terrible position to get a a good play, are in position to get a good player in the draft and fall out of the
3: top ten, This computer is going into the wall. So just so everybody knows, give me the Patriots on the money line. All right, the Falcons at the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints in this one. I think this will be a close, low-scoring game. The Saints need this game. The Falcons are done. Uh, The Falcons want to sit pretty
2: in the playoffs. I mean, not playoffs, uh, in the draft. And right now, if they win, they put themselves in a bad position.
3: Give me the Saints on the money line. All right, Jags and the Titans. I'm actually going to go the upset here. I'm going to take Tennessee. They've been pesky down the stretch, hanging tough with a lot of good teams. Jacksonville really still has not looked great. And Trevor Lawrence, even who does play, not not 100%. So I'm going to take the upset here. I'll go Tennessee. I'm going to
2: take Will Levis throwing a ball in Speedy's ass. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Jacksonville needs this game. Uh, right now they're going to win the division, no question. And I, I think Jacksonville is dangerous. If they could get it to the playoffs and they could put – up some big numbers against this Tennessee Titan team that's played very well defensively over the last couple weeks. It'd be great to watch.
3: Jacksonville on the money. All right, Seattle at the Arizona Cardinals. This is is a weird team to trust the Seahawks team. They do well against the Eagles coming back to win that game and then all of a sudden they've laid up some duds recently. I am going to take them though. I think the Cardinals will keep it close, cover the spread but I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going with the Cards, baby. As they have played very well the last couple of weeks. Kyla
2: Murray. Seattle hasn't stopped any Running quarterbacks, anybody that can move inside and out of the pocket and make throws, Seattle's been having problems all season long. I think Arizona and Kyler Murray has done that for the last couple weeks and caused a lot of problems. Ask the Eagles, give me Arizona, a lot all right. of money.
3: All right, Bears at the Packers. I'm going to take Chicago in this one. The Packers are another weird team to trust, and the Bears defense still playing really well recently. Packers defense, even without Jair Alexander, not doing great. Give me Chicago. I'm going to go with a lot of love because Speedy doesn't
2: get any. Give me Green Bay, baby. I love Jordan Love in this game. He puts up 250 yards. I still think Justin Fields will have put up some good numbers as he will play his final game as a Chicago Bears as he will be traded in the offseason because I believe this is
3: where Caleb Williams is going. Give me Green Bay on the money. Yeah, all right. Chiefs at the Chargers. I got the Chiefs in this one. There's no question it's the Chiefs. Uh, Broncos and the Raiders. Meaningless game as the Broncos are eliminated. Give me the Raiders. I'm going with the Raiders. All right, the Eagles and the Giants. The Eagles will not keep it close this time. This one will be a blowout for the Eagles. I got the Giants in this game. Right. I
2: think the Giants win this game. Tyrod Taylor shows up those as Eagles. as the Eagles go in the playoffs as a sloppy, disgusting team, as they
3: might be eating horse crap as well at the end of the season. So give me... The Giants on the money. All right. The Rams and the 49ers. I'm got the. i with Derek on this one. I got the 49ers with all the Rams injuries. Well,
2: I've got the 49ers, but not because they're San Francisco, because we don't like Golden State. Give me San Francisco on the money. And by way, we, we mean you. But, well, uh, you don't like Golden State. I don't like Draymond Green. You
3: know, I don't care about the rest of the team. I don't have a hatred for the rest of the team. Well, you like
2: dark holes, right? What? You like dark holes.
3: I have no idea what that means. Well,
2: but you do like dark holes. You said you like it dark.
3: I said it's easier to see. It has nothing to do with me liking it or hating it.
2: Well, it's it's a darker
3: hole. so It's easier to spot, yes. So you can spot the dark hole of the Golden State Warriors. I don't want to. All right. The uh, Cowboys and the Commanders. I got Dallas. <laughs> <Blowout>. <laughs> I got Dallas on the money. All right. And the biggest game of the week for the AFC East. The, the Buffalo only game Bills, of the week, really. The Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. I know the Dolphins have a lot of injuries, but I am going to st- still take them. They've overcome injuries very well all year. I think this defense is still playing very well. Besides the Ravens game, I think Buffalo, I think Stefan Diggs. You know, if Buffalo doesn't win, they're out. No, they're not. Not necessarily. Depends, they're out. It depends on those other scenarios. And, they're out. I think the Dolphins still have been pesky for the most part against everyone else besides the besides the Ravens last week. So I'm going to take Miami. I think it will be lower scoring than people expect.
2: I'm going to go with the Dark Holes, the Buffalo Bills, as Speedy does. And loves dark halls. He should be loving the Buffalo Bills. I love the Buffalo Bills this week. Josh Allen has been as good as any quarterback the last couple of weeks. last six weeks. New offensive coordinator. No problem. As Stephon Diggs and, and this team is putting up the numbers. I love the Buffalo Bills. They go into Miami. Tyreek Hill has all the problems that he's had on and off the field house burnt down. I don't know if his head's into it. Waddle's not going to be healthy in this game. This team is not healthy. And the defense, you say the defense is good? I disagree. Buffalo has been one of the best defenses in the league the last five, six weeks. I expect them to put up the numbers. I think Tua gets hit. I expect an explosive Buffalo Bills. Give me the Buffalo Bills on the money.
3: Alrighty. Yeah,
2: so there you go, Speedy. I think Buffalo wins the division and we move forward into the the playoffs as they will be the number 2 seed as uh you can eat your heart out. Uh, is that okay with you?
3: I don't care.
2: Do um, you like eating hearts? No. Have you ever eaten the heart of a deer? No. You've never had you've never tasted a deer heart? No. <laughs> you, you never went hunting before? No. All right. But hey, listen, deer heart is good. I mean
3: Congratulations. You have to eat it raw, you know. I don't care. I'm not eating the heart of anything. <laughs> <laughs> How
2: about raw stuff? Do you like raw? Raw fish. You like raw? No. Well, what, what do you like raw?
3: Things that aren't meat. Do you hit it raw? Things that aren't meat.
2: But do you hit it raw?
3: I have no idea what that means. But
2: that's that's That means a lot to me. I mean, hitting it raw is... Then good. find somebody who knows what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyways, thank you to Brendan Lloyd, uh, former NFL player, 12-year NFL vet, wide receiver, fantastic, great, great interview. He was fantastic. And thank you yes. for the first time on our show, Washington Nationals relief pitcher Amos Willingham. He was fantastic. And thank you to you, Speedy. I mean, you really put a... A smile on my face every single show. I just want you to know that. Look at that. I mean, you're Gilligan. You're, you are the true Gilligan of this island, okay? Sure. Is that good? Sure. Are you the island of Doctor, Dr. Moreau?
3: I don't know what that means.
2: Well, have you ever seen the movie? Gilligan's Island? No, the island of Dr. Moreau. No, I haven't. Well, I have to introduce you to, to it. I mean, anyways, uh, it, it's been a great show. Thank you to all the fans. Thank you to all the people out there tuning in, downloading our show after the live shows. And, and, and by the way, uh, for all the fans out there, and I will not be here Thursday. Uh, we're, we're going to work on getting Josh Silverberg to fill in for me. So Josh will be here Probably on Thursday. I will be here Wednesday. Uh, we might move the show to Tuesday, right, Speedy? Uh, we were talking about that. Just let me know if Josh could do it.
3: Basically, is basically what we're looking at. <laughs> all right.
2: So you know what we'll do? Let's move it to Tuesday. Let's do a Tuesday and Wednesday, and I'll do both those shows. Okay. I, I think it'll be better. I-, I mean, no offense to Josh. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but uh, I-, I don't know if Josh is going to be able to fill in, so I might as well do it. So we're going to move Thursday show. I'm, d- I'm doing it for you guys. All right. Uh, I am going to move Thursday show to Tuesday, so it'll be Tuesday and Wednesday next week. I will be going to Toronto and enjoying myself. I do this every year. It's a great trip. Uh, My girl has never been to Niagara Falls, so we're going to go to Niagara Falls. We're going to go to Toronto. We're going to do some dances, and I'm going to get Speedy a new hole. Anyways, uh, thank you to (laughs) all the fans out there uh, again, and thank you. Keep tuning in to us. It's a new year, and uh, uh, enjoy your weekend. Listen to 103.9 FM. Do we have the Islander? Yeah, pre-game? we have the late
3: Islander games. We have the, they're playing Vegas. So. That's right. I forgot about that. So yes. we'll be, we will be on at 7 o'clock, but the pregame show will be after.
2: And we will be doing the pregame show as well. So enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to us on 103.9 FM, the Weekend Crunch at 7 o'clock, and the pregame show for the New York Islanders. if you're an Islander fan, at 10, uh, 9.30. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, all you have to do to listen to that, if you don't live on Long Island and you are are not connected to the Long Island FM dial. All you have to do to to go there is iHeartRadio, L.I. News Radio. Uh, good night, farewell, and enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, and hopefully it doesn't snow. Good night, everybody.
0: It is the Worldwide
1: Sports Radio Network.